This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here we have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. I'm just ready for another awesome episode of O&R. Uh, what's up with you, man? Not too much. Um, you said that you wanted to start the show with something, so the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Um, so I saw a couple of different anniversaries today. Well, one of them a birthday, another one an anniversary. Two very different parts of, of rap I figured we could um, we could touch on, and I just had some thoughts. So it, I'll start with uh, Eminem. So it is Eminem's 50th birthday today. So Eminem has turned 50 years old. I actually watched 8 Mile with Catherine over the weekend. She had never seen it. Mm, um, and I watched it, and I love 8 Mile. Like, that's, like, one of the seminal movies of, like, you know, growing up. It was, like, you mm-hmm. knew all the lines. I still knew every line. And I tried my damnness not to wrap them along as I was watching with Catherine as not to spoil um, and all that. And then I was thinking, about, I was like, man, Eminem is 50 years old. And then I was like, man, I was a really big Eminem fan when I was a kid, um, especially like, you know, at least the first two albums for sure. Third album uh, as well. Then after that, like not as not as much like as I was previously, Uh, But obviously he started going into like production and signing, you know, G unit and doing all that stuff and doing different feature verses. But, you know, he went through personal problems and ended up coming back to rap like later in the decade and, you know, to mixed results, I'd say. So some of the stuff very um, up and down between like releases. Yeah. Yeah. So like and and very like, um, you know, some of the stuff he, he displayed, you know, being bothered a lot and then. I don't know, like his his career is really weird uh, to me to look at it now in 2022, thinking of M as a 50 year old now. And, you know, I feel like there's so many things in his career and just the way the music is been uh, the music business was set up that. Well, before I do this, um, I'll say this Eminem is absolutely phenomenal as a rapper, um, just like as far as like putting words together and for what he was doing at the time uh, he was doing it, it hit a lot, especially the first three albums. And then like, I, I, like I said, I really loved eight mile. 
a lot all the all the battle stuff and you know that's right up my alley but like there are just things about him that have bothered me uh in recent times and you know a lot of that has to do with the things he was allowed to do to beloved black artists over the years that nobody checked him on that nobody called him out on because either they were scared uh, or he was protected to a, a certain degree within the music industry that really fucking that's really fucking foul and really whack. Um, I had a, saw a tweet earlier this year and it was like, what like is the lamest kind of like like I forgot I forgot exactly what the thing was, but it was like, what what is something that you look back on like a, like a rap beef that's just like lame as hell now? Um, and then I thought about it and I was like, the warning, like Eminem, like the warning and, and everything he was saying to Mariah Carey. Like, how was that like, like, how did that shit just go at all? Like, nobody like thought to be like, yo, this is right. This is like, this is very a disrespectful to this black woman to uh, he's putting his shit out on tape. Like, you know, I, the obvious shit of like, yo, you're doing all this shit with with you're putting this woman's business out there and it's, I know they were playing the game because she ended up doing the answer songs and stuff like that, but that shit is just foul and fucked up. And someone should have like been like, this ain't flying. I don't know who it would have been, but someone, someone should have did it. Um, I, I don't like the, um, you know, the way he was able to disrespect Michael Jackson um, in the mid two thousands. And like the just lose it video and everything like that. And like he came for like black legends in a way that was just like it was just cool with everybody. And I don't know why it was cool with everybody. And everyone doesn't really talk about it or think about it now. I don't think he's ever really had to answer for these things. And it doesn't sit right with me. Now, I can give that answer on Mariah and Michael. And that's something you already know. Floor is yours. Like, we love Michael. We also think that Michael, like, bleaches skin that look white. So we don't really, like, we're kind of like, how not handle that? And also, like, Michael at that time, um, post, you know, post-90s, like, with allegations of stuff, him and kids, and, you know, all the weird stuff that was happening with him, like, post, like, bat, I get it. post, whatever, like, uh, people just dismissed him as, like, a, go- a goofball, right? So, like, no one's really gonna stand up for him in that way. Um, and Mariah, Mariah is a woman. Most women don't get back up when shit hits the fan publicly. Like, in this is, like, at that time, <clears throat> she rebounded, but, like, the early 2000s, like, she had one of those breakdowns, similar to, this is actually before uh, Britney Spears, right? We're, like, shaving her head off, we're, like, that whole glitter thing, and and everything that was going on with her, whatever else, like there is um, absolutely a um, I don't want to say market, but like there is uh, a I think a real like um, lust almost for like famous women to have some type of fall, uh, mm-hmm. like in. It doesn't matter if you like that person or like what they do, they do that made them famous, whatever else. But like once like the ball starts rolling on things not going well, like 
then like the tabloids start hitting on oh this person and blah 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 and this person blah, 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 and their life is a mess and, and like people going off the rails and people like really enjoy seeing women like lose their mind like in a way that like there's been it even if there are some men like that that they have that kind of fall to get sensationalized like it's so oh it's so like um overrepresented um so like with the Mariah thing, like at that time, like I mean, she had got her career back together, like you know, Emancipation of Mimi, the MC uh, Times Two stuff, right? With the J base of the JD stuff, right? Like from the mid two thousands. Um, but like I don't, I'm not too familiar on the timeline around all that stuff. But like, you know, I there's the warning some, was out in like oh nine. 2010 yeah, yeah. Like and at the time like didn't she make that one song where she dresses up like him and all that kind of stuff and says that she's obsessed and like you hear about like there was some secret relationship and like she flat out denied it and that drove him crazy and like he handled it obviously in a very fucking terrible way like there's i'm not and i'm not excusing that because that's like that's the reason why she didn't because <laughs> that, that that response is the reason why she denied it to begin with like if the shit mm -hmm. would left you would have ratted the same way anyway this will maybe 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 you look made you this much matter but like she you know your reaction proved her point anyway but um yeah like uh, in those two particular like i just think there's a lot of stuff for like you know and also you know you talk about black legends a lot of people you know a lot of black people like are really really like pick and choose and when they like to when they want to or when they don't want to like claim mariah um so like there's it's a whole bunch of weirdness with all that stuff but so, but your but yeah. your point still stands. Yeah, it, it was just a lot of stuff, and 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 the thing is, is like I don't know if people were just just scared to death of the Eminem machine uh, that was behind it, and I think or, he was too big to fail. Yeah, he absolutely was at that time. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of that stuff like doesn't you know doesn't sit right uh, with me. But um, you know, happy birthday to Eminem. I I just felt like I wanted to. To, to mention that stuff but love his earlier albums i don't think it's aged like the, the best or anything like that but um still love eight mile so like you know great movie um just everything means something tremendously booked um <laughs> if it was wrestling <laughs> but um the other thing i saw um was it was the today is the anniversary in 1998 juveniles ha came out yeah and I was not someone that heard that song at the time or anything like that mm -hmm. because, you know, I, you know, regionalism and boundaries and stuff like that. I didn't, I didn't hear about juvenile until like back that ass up came out. Okay. So, um, I don't, I would, maybe you could speak to this. Like, what is like, you know, that song and, and everything with it? Like, like, what is that like really, what is that meant? And, you know, when you look back on it, like, how did it make you feel? Okay. So for me, um, Ha was like, it was a big fucking deal down here. It was like, it was just playing on the radio station nonstop. And then, you know, later, then like, you know, months later, back that ass came out. Then it was like, oh, like this, like this is a thing. This is just a one hit wonder. This man just came out with two anthos back to back. <laughs> and then 400 Degrees is so fucking awesome, right? So, um, like the dude, you know, like the New Orleans scene was so it was literally just Master P. Like, all we knew was, at, at that time, was, like, is Master P and this dude, like, you know, finessed 
off of like selling a, a bunch of records out his out of his uh trunk and at and at you know boot shops and whatever else and like he ended up getting this this deal and like it's a boutique label and they putting out an album out that out that boutique label like every three weeks like fucking clockwork quality be damned we don't give a look put the same tracks on the same out on different albums we don't give a fuck right so um so that's what that was what new, new orleans rap was from my perspective at that age right because at that time and like you know if you're talking about 98 like i'm 10 going to turn 11 mm-hmm. so um hot hits here and it's it's just like what is this and then the music video is just like I know a lot of people. A lot of people think like it's this the is one of the greatest rap. music videos of all a time. A lot of people think it's the greatest rap mu- music video of all time. I don't, I don't feel for it in that way, but it is an incredible look into like, um, I think more than, I think the, I think the first time I ever like thought of rap in that way of, um, you are more, you are a representative of who of like your city or your region and like these videos or a look into that life. Like obviously you can say the same thing about any, any video, like number the G thing, if you wanted to, or, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, <laughs> it ain't hard to tell when niggas under the bridge <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the fucking North face. Right. Right. And around the dumpster, gar- around the dumpster yeah, fires. Bobbing like, their heads you, all hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah you can, you, yeah. You can say that about anything, but like that was the first time it really crystallized me. Like <clears throat> new Orleans has, a southern grit that is distinct from Atlanta or Memphis or the stuff I saw from Miami at the time. For for me as a person, it's like I grew up on all you know, mostly southern rap, um, East Coast rap, southern rap, whatever else. But like, I um seeing that video and like just seeing like the that southern grit with like that, that kind of poverty of like. Yeah, it's mucky out here, right? It's 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 and meanwhile, like seeing some of those kids like being happy and then seeing some of these some of those halls or whatever else, like it was it was just interesting. Like the stuff they were able to capture um in that video, and then as the video is explaining, like almost like, you know, while you know, obviously he's doing the you know questioning thing, whatever else, but like all this stuff is talking about like this is a kind of a day in a life while the video is like kind of matches with that and it, and, it, and it hit for me um it is very memorable but like i had never heard production like that at the time i thought like it was one of the craziest beats i ever heard in my life especially when the, it gets to the hook and i was like especially it's just like what is this and obviously you know years later developing like many fresh came one of my favorite producers of all time um and then cash money, like from off of that, like that was what launched. Obviously, you know, um, that that ass up is what like made it a thing where it's like it's not going nowhere. But like, right? Ha, like launched it as far as like okay, like this dude's a superstar, and like then you hear the album's like oh yeah, this dude, this this album absolutely backs up like what you know what we were thinking, um, and that was you know that was like a thing like a juvenile like release down here for like. Until until he had to fall out with Cashman, it was a big deal. Like, you know, G Code came out, it was a big deal. Um, so you know, it, it, so it, it's hard to explain because it's like you look back in retrospect, and it was such a short time. It's, it's similar to wrestling. We talk about like people have these peak runs or whatever else, but like that dude was a Southern rap superstar from like '98 to like 
2001, I wouldn't say that, I would say like 2002, and then he was basically like, I'm done with my label, I'm, I'm, I got fucked out a bunch of money, and had fallout, and then came back, and like, um, I can't remember the name of that album, but like, uh, Needed in my life. Yeah, that album, like when that came out, that was a big deal for me, it was like, I, you know, like, I was like, oh, he's back. Like it seemed, he felt like he was going to be done, and like you know, all the all the falling out between all the cash money stuff. BG left or whatever else. Like when BG dropped Living Legends first, I think on Kosh, like first album after leaving Cash Money, that was a big deal. Listen to that too. And he's basically he's calling Birdman a fuck nigga on like half them songs on a double disc. It was awesome, but uh, but yeah, like it, it's crazy. Like uh, when people talk about culture or whatever else, like they came, they hit market second nationally like everyone knew master p everyone heard knew, everyone heard of you know make him say uh they had snoop dogg on the fucking label for christ's sake right um and for them to over time like with you know with the hot boys with big timers with you know solo releases from from wayne and, and bg and, and juvenile like when I look back over, like, when I think of New Orleans rap, like, I don't think of New Limit first. I think of Cash Money. And this is even before we even get into, like, their, the the President Carter stuff, Wayne basically taking off another stratosphere. Like, I'm talking about strictly, like, like, Carter won, like, so basically, like, 98 through 2004. Like, I just think, like, they just, like, that's their mark on, on, like, rap southern rap their version of southern rap and like in bounce and whatever else and like for the and that's like the representative sound of the city for me when i think of new orleans i'm not saying it's necessarily fair but like i think from a lot of people's perspective when they think of you know from a national perspective when they think of new orleans rap like the first people you're gonna think of are like you know Birdman because he fucked everybody um <laughs> juvenile wayne and and um p um still to this day like uh you know they'll, they'll be they'll be new people Right then, obviously, like you have people like um yeah like Big Frida. Obviously, it's more bouncing, quote unquote rap, if you will. Um, what's your boy's name? Um, the R and B singer. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, hold on. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, but R and B singer. Uh, made a song called made an album called Candy Drip. I can't remember what's called. He's from New Orleans too. Like, there, like so. There's there's still stuff out there, or whatever. Else, but like, I just feel like um or I feel about I feel like they just like took it home level. Like for them to you know, do that Cash Money Rough Riders uh, tour. Like, I was in middle school, I think, when that happened. I wanted to go to that so bad, so bad. And it came here. I just couldn't go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, don't do, like, that whole thing was, like, launched off of Ha and then back that ass up, and it just took off. And, like, some of, like, you know, my childhood coming-of-age stuff is, like, listening to some of those albums. Some were great. Some were not. <laughs> Absolutely the fuck not. But, um... They were fun nonetheless, and like I felt like I was almost like rooting these. All them dudes were young at the time, you know, almost like you know, like watching the pillars, you know, seeing them come of age or whatever else uh, throughout the thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I, for for Ha, like that was the launch, and it's a big deal. And like you know, every you know, anytime I ever hear like 400 degrees plays off, I'm just like I'm taken to another realm of existence. But uh, but yeah, like um, I always thought um, juvenile like had a really great gift for setting up hooks and stuff that you can chant along and, and repeat and just like you was like it's like this whole like shit that was dope like and 
I, I wasn't really here for the verses. Like, like set it off. Like, like set it off. Like for example, another one. Like you know, set it off in this motherfucker. And also, you know, the last verse, Mister Officer, Mister Officer, take these motherfucking cuffs off for of us. Like. <laughs> He was a big fucking deal, and like it's gonna, it's one of kind of like when you talk about someone like a, you know, a Baron Davis or Iverson or someone like T Mac or whatever. Like you, you had to be there. You had to be there to understand or have the, have the proper context to like then see. Like I would love a, you know, it would never. I don't think it'll ever happen. I think it's too many uh, weird things. But I would love a like a like in similar way that they did um, the No Limit one. The like. Cash money or no limit or Irv got or doing murder ink thing like there should be some like early cash money documentary thing of like how all of that stuff went through. I would lo- I would sit down I would, I just devour that thing. I feel like you got to put Manny Fresh in charge of it. <laughs> He's the only one trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Manny Fresh and Juve, I think because Juve and I was older than a lot of them. Yeah, um, yeah, and I like a cool thing with and, um, and they both squash a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, and then like you know, even uh, do you think Wayne and Baby's relationship is like re- actually really repaired? Or do you think they're just making public face of they they've made up? Public face, same. If, yeah, like so that, what was that. What was that, what was that festival he, they did a couple years ago when he apologized? Like I, I was like, I don't, buy, I don't really. Buy yeah, it. yeah. But I, I know I always like the beats, and then I always talk about that documentary I like is the on Netflix is like the hip hop evolution thing in mm-hmm. the New Orleans episode. They talk about the production is a straight line from new york rap to new orleans i'm like this is why i always liked it like in um Mm. the trigger man stuff comes directly from like new york or whatever so it's it's very interesting um dr stoppage left a lot of good comments in here um he said when he first heard ha he thought it was trash but it grew on him like fungus (laughs) 400 degrees of fire the source even gave it four mics his top five producers from the South, Beats by the Pound, number four, DJ Toomp, three, Manny Fresh, two, Timbaland, number one, Organized Noise. It's funny because, like, Toomp, Manny, and Timbaland are, like, three of my top five favorite producers, period. Uh, I believe Jacques was the R&B singer. No, Jacques uh, from Atlanta. Oh, uh, hold on. Oh, Jacques uh, from Atlanta, my fault. Said the hot boys can perform here at his middle school in Broward County. That's cool. Oh, <laughs> That's man. a one of a life, a one of a kind memory. I'm telling you. Um, telling you. Excuse me. Um, yeah. And Lucky Day is buddy's here. name. I forgot his Lucky name. Lucky Day. Okay. Yeah, that's who it is. I don't like his album as much as everybody else, but people like love that album. I, I think he has a few of them that are like awesome. His, I think his lyrics and some of them songs are like terrible and nonsensical <laughs> but like people rock with it because like it does sound good for the most part yeah man yeah man um well yeah i just wanted to want to bring that up um so getting into switching gears into wrestling the wrestling observer newsletter uh hall of fame ballot just came out and it has six different regions, new rules this year. Um, they have a max of five candidates in each, uh, except North America, where you can have a max of eight. Um, and no more than 18, I believe. So, for example, Japan has five. Uh, Mexico has five. And if you don't vote 
in the region. Um, you know, you obviously uh, like you can't fall his own. Yeah, you can't fuck it up. Unless, for, except for, for America, which Melzer like did that because like he's he added more tag teams. Yep. Um, so yeah, man, I, I'll just um pull up the. I'm gonna go through these uh, ones real quick. I think you guys would be interested in. So, um, for your modern performers in U.S. and Canada, you got Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson as a tag team. The Junkyard Dog. Make sure you guys check out um, my column and uh, audio on that. Um, Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee, Edge, Bill Goldberg, Matt and Jeff Hardy, Becky Lynch, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall, aka the Outsiders, Paul Ordnorf, Randy Orton, New Age Outlaws, CM Punk, Roman Reigns, Sergeant Slaughter, Trish Stratus, Rick and Scott Steiner, and Kevin Carey and David Von Erich. So um, in Japan, uh, we've got Ricky Choshu and Animal Higuchi, uh, Shima. Kojima and Tenzan, Tenkozi, um, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, um, Hayabusa, Kota Ibushi, Anoki, and Sakaguchi, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Marifuji, Tessia Naito, Mako Satomura, Shingo Takagi, Manami Toyota, and Toshio Yamada, yeah. and Akira Taue, and Toshiaki Kawada, Holy, Holy Demon Army. Um, yeah. As far as historical performers, um, we've got Adrian Adonis, Jesse Ventura, uh, Ole Anderson, uh, Bob Armstrong, Jack and Jerry Briscoe, June Byers, Wild Bull Curry, the British Bulldogs, Cowboy Bob Ellis, Pamperol Furpo, uh, Black Gordman and Great Goliath, the Mongolian Stomper, Heart Foundation, Rocky Johnson, the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, Sputnik Monroe, Black Jack Mulligan, Harley Race, and Larry Hennig. That's Mr. Perfect's dad. Um, Dusty Rose and Dick Murdoch, and Argentina Rocca and Miguel Perez, Johnny Rougeau, um, Kinji Shibuya and Masa Saito, Tiger Jeet Singh, uh, Steamboat and Youngblood, Enrique Torres, Mad Dog and Butcher Bashan, Von Bronners and Saul Weigernoff, and Mr. Wrestling 1 and 2. Um, the other stuff like is like Europe, Mexico, and, and then there's non-wrestler candidates, um, which I'm, the non-wrestler candidates may have some people you guys um, know. Start with Lord James Blears, Dave Brown, Bobby Bruns, I believe, Bob Cottle, Bobby Davis, Joe Higuchi, Jim Johnston, Larry Matisic, James Melby, Rossi Ogawa, Reg Parks. Morris Siegel, Tony Schiavone, George Scott, Sanshiro Takagi. That was the Booker of DDT. Yep. Um, and does a lot of the uh, cyber fight stuff. Mike Tenay, Ted Turner, Roy Welsh, Stanley Weston, and the Grand Wizard. Um, there's more out there, but uh, you guys can go find them. But um, yeah, man. Um, interesting ballots here, um, especially in Japan where you can only use five uh, votes. I, I've seen some some people that are, uh, you know, folks that are saying Dave has created this rule as to not uh, vote for Tetsuya Naito again this year, <laughs> which is um, pretty funny. Um, I don't know, man. Um, the, the I thought more people were going to be on the ballot this year. I thought Mox was going to be on it. Apparently he should have been on it. Um, <clears throat> So I don't know if it was a case where he, you know, got dropped from the ballot or um, he'll probably be added back next year. Uh, I think the Bucks go on the ballot next year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but as far as the folks that are on the ballot, um, you know, I don't have a vote or anything yet. Uh, but one day, um, 
you know, I definitely would vote for JYD. Um, I would vote for Goldberg. Uh, I would vote for CM Punk. Um, and I think that is all I would vote for in the U.S. Oh, Paul Ordnoff as well in, in the U.S. Yeah, so me and Rich did this exercise with Jeremy and Josh. Jeremy did not participate because he was still on his honeymoon, so why would he, you know, waste his time talking to us about that nonsense? But um, I was like, all right, make your make your hypothetical ballot. And I, I went first, and then, uh, and obviously the rules were, like, you can only vote five in each particular region, except for you, modern U.S. where you can vote for eight. So you can end up with 15 or to 18, depending on how many people from the U.S. you, you want to vote for. So 15 is a, you get at least 15. Rich still ended up only voting for 11 people. Never give him a ballot. This is computer <laughs> shit. Um, so I, I guess I'll go through my Japan or yeah. histo- I abstain from historic because I just feel like I, I don't know enough about it. Had I been gunned to my head on the historic stuff, I think I would have to vote for um, Argentina Rocca and Miguel Perez just because they've sold out Madison Square Garden a, a million and a half times. Uh, I think I would also be prone to vote for... My question is, why is J- JYD still in modern, not in historic? Like, what is what is the, the I don't know. I don't know. I think it's thirty years ago or something uh, like that. Okay. The last well, time you were well, active or something. Okay, but there's there's one thing that was messed up, I believe. Um, yeah, I would vote for. As far as historic, I would look at Rock and Perez. That's the only thing I would. But I wouldn't want to cast one vote to make me a historic voter. Um, uh, my Japan one. Um, let's see. I'm looking at it. It's Ishii, Abushi, Shingo, and Holy Demon Army. Yes. Um, and I guess the one would ask why I'm not a Tetsuya Naito voter uh, at the moment. Um, I, I just, I don't know, man. Uh, people will bring me the, the argument about t-shirts and stuff like that. I'm like, nowhere in the in the balloting does it say sold a lot of t-shirts as like some type of uh you know uh you know thing there and like some some type of you know qualification um you've got a lot of stuff like him being like a, a strong draw and i feel like a lot of his stuff got messed up uh i feel like he you know has been struck with a lot of injury stuff um i don't feel like he was ever the best of the guys that were around him. Oh, that's um, true. As far as like, you know, you, you got Okada there, you got Tanahashi, you got Omega, you got Ibushi, you got Ishii. And I think a, a big thing for a lot of Naito voters is how can you vote for Ishii? Da, 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 da. Like, there's no argument. I'm like, my thing for voting for Ishii is there, it feels like there is a provision specifically designed for Ishii. And if we're not going to use it for Ishii, we're never going to use it. As far as like, you know, they like the big three categories is, you know, uh, the, the work rate, the drawing and then the historical significance. I can't give you historical significance. I can't give you the drawing stuff, but I can give you like the work rate is stronger than all but nine. like 20, maybe 20 people ever. <laughs> right. and it's probably and it's probably really like 10, 11, a dozen, maybe. 
Yeah, like yeah. the dude, and he's he's the like the MVP of the greatest era of the G one. I feel like has to be in, um, and it, it's beyond winning and losing matches. Uh, there, I think he's just been this phenomenal wrestler for a decade. I've never got that feeling watching Tessie and Naito ever, and and I'm not saying like I'm closed off on Naito or anything like that, but um, you know, as far as this year, I wouldn't be a Naito voter. Um, I would vote for Kota Ibushi. Um, but I, I, but I, hold on, let, let, let's stop there though. I, I, I would vote for Naito. Um, so like, I find it like you also, but you, but you voted for Shingo. Yes. I voted for but Shingo. But you're, but you're voting for Shingo off of like four years. I feel like his four years are so phenomenal in the ring. I, he almost falls in that Ishii, um, category for me. And, you know, he's got a decade of Dragon Gate work. Is he a and... Hall of Fame? Do I think he's Hall of Fame talent? Absolutely. I just, like, I, I, I would not put him over Naito. I would not vote him in over Naito. If I had to choose one or the other, I would have voted for Naito before I voted for Shingo. And that's not no knock. Like, obviously, um, like, I, if you ask me who I prefer to see in a match more times than not, it's definitely Shingo. But, like, there is something to part where it's like, Naito was like the number one draw at points at a time when he's like supposed to be playing heel. Like when you have um, uh, Tanahashi and you have um, Okada there. Like, and like they built towards, they built the promotion around him getting to these triumphant moments of toppling of Okada. Like, it does suck that the world with the shit uh, when it was supposed to happen and they fucked it up with the evil thing. But like, I, you know, I, I think that was that, awful. Like, if you want to compare him to, if you want to compare him to his contemporaries that are some of the, you know, hand, a couple handfuls of greatest in-ring performers of all time, sure. But like that, the thing isn't like he's not as good as Tomohiro Ishii or or Omega or Tanahashi or Abushi. It's is he better than? Some Joe Blow motherfucker that you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. is, like uh is he, does he have a has he had a better career like match per match than let's say Sting he absolutely has mm-hmm. um has he has he had a more consistent like on top thing to Sting absolutely like and, but Sting is absolutely like someone that like he didn't get in the Hall of Fame for a long time should have been in there earlier and then like he kept doing stuff and like fine we'll let him in. But and then he and then he still keeps pouring it on. It was like, can y'all believe it took this dude that many years to get into the Observer Hall of Fame? But um, like, but I think that the standard is like the standard shouldn't be for Naito. Like he has to be as good as guys that like are, you know, on the pantheon for a lot of people. It should be like, is he as good at it? You know, like the, the thing is like, who's the worst Hall of Famer in baseball mm-hmm. Hall of Fame? Roger Maris. Are you better than Roger Maris? Put him in then. Like he's better than most of the people that have been in, that are you know. Uh, that have been in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, as far as like quality of top quality stuff. So, um, I can see maybe next year. I can me. see people being unimpressed with, um, uh, as far as Naito being unimpressed with like his effort, but like there's plenty of people that do that, right? Like, we're watching when you watch those road to shows, like, we're not watching like Shawn Michaels house shows from two decades ago. Who knows if he tried or not? Um, so I, I think, I think it's, um, I think that because. We see more stuff. We're we're more hypercritical on certain people, and like don't be wrong. Like I'm all I'm right with y'all when it comes to like Shin no Naito when he gives no effort or whatever else, or gives very little effort. But I I I, I he's always been somebody that was like, 
oh yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. So is Ibushi. So is so is Ishii. So is Shingo. It's just like how it breaks down when when one goes in and when do, one doesn't. Like I I I kind of think it's all kind of goofy um, or arbitrary when people, certain people get in or not. Like it's different. Like oh, so like it took Terrell Owens how many years of getting to Hall of Fame? That was stupid. He got he got in after Marvin Harrison. I'm sorry, I was there. He was Marvin Harrison was never considered better than T.O. when they were playing together, and they were contemporaries. Um, like so, it was, it was weird. It was weird, but um, it, so maybe that's just why I look at it like as far as like you know, just um, comparing him immediately to like all these people around him. Like mm-hmm. I've never felt like I was just watching one of the just like I will say this: he has plenty of great matches uh, with with a lot of these guys, right? But like I feel like. I've never got the feeling from Tessie Unito where I was like, yo, this is absolutely stop traffic. This is one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. I've, I've never got that feeling from him. Um, I've gotten it a couple times. Or and a couple times I've gotten that with him. But, like, that's, you know. I'm, I'm so, with you. I'm with you. I, I, I prefer a lot of his contemporaries more in New Japan from that time. Um. But uh, okay, so let's look at the rest of your ballad. Okay, non wrestler, or do you want to go? Or do you want to go through your U.S. stuff? Or do we already? Um, as far as the U.S. stuff, like I, I think my JYD stuff is like well on record. Uh, if you guys want to know like what I think about JYD, um, Goldberg, um, I, I, I kind of picked that at the last minute. Uh, I was like, am I going to vote for Goldberg? And I'm like, of course I'm voting for Goldberg. Um, just thinking about how electric he was, he was just one of a kind. Um, I think the stuff, you know, his old man run uh, helped him a lot, um, I think, in my eyes. And I'm someone that has looked into Goldberg's career a lot more than most, like as far as, you know, the streak and going through it. And they should have never lost. Like they had they had it with Goldberg and until they didn't. And. It wasn't his fault. Like I'll say that. Um, it, it, he's just one of a kind. Um, and you know, he's. I like. I'm not. I can't give you work rate. I can give you the drawing stuff with Goldberg, but I can give you the, like, you, you just feel it with Goldberg. He was a superstar. Yeah, he absolutely was a superstar. Like he was. Like you got to think. He was at a time where like. He was a, in 1998. He was the second biggest star in American professional wrestling. That includes The Rock. <laughs> I'll say that again for you. In 1998, he was the number two superstar in American professional wrestling. Like, yeah, um, I I didn't vote for him, or I wouldn't vote for him. Uh, but like, you know, I if I would prefer someone that like, there's like that kind of level of superstar, even for a short amount of time, than someone that was like. He was really good for a long time, uh, so like I, I I'm I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I just wouldn't have I I wouldn't I wouldn't go with that at least not yet because there's other people that's like I'd rather vote in before him, but I think he is like someone that like you can't talk about American professional wrestling um, in the late 2000s without talking about him. So in that particular case, like yeah, he is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, I got Paul Ordnorf on there, and this just feels like a. I feel like I'm correcting something. I'm like, all right, this guy drew tons of fucking like he he was a great worker for his time. Um, he how drew. Old he, how old was he? When he got hurt or crippled or whatever. I, like, I, made don't, his I don't change. I don't remember. 
Um, but I think that was like into him going to WCW. But he was someone that went around with, you know, he was in a lot of big spots during during the national expansion. Um, and I just feel like he's a he's a long overdue. Like they've they've gypped him long enough out of you know <laughs> getting in the Hall of Fame. Like it's yeah, uh, I definitely check out. Um, I, there was Hall of Fame audio I think last year. I think Joe Lanza like completed like basically swayed me into thinking uh, uh, Ordnorf's a Hall of Famer and just like the the Toronto shows like with Hogan where they were drawing like 60,000 uh he's a the main event of WrestleMania 1 um and you know he helps a lot of that shit go in the ring and um so uh besides that um I had one more person and that was CM Punk yeah. <laughs> there are definitely going to be people that are scared away from him. I think uh, with the uh, with the stuff that that just recently happened, this is kind of bad timing. People are calling it an October surprise uh, for CM Punk, but I feel like that is like if you want to dig him for you know historical significance or important or positive contributions for, for whatever. All right, but I feel like if that's not like I would not if it was like yo. CM Punk's legacy is on the line. You have to cast a, a ballot for him, yay or nay, based on something that happened outside the ring that we may not have ever known about if, you know, reporting. Uh, he did, he, well, the shit he said in the, the ring the brought sh- it, yeah. let us know, let, is the reason why we fit, even found out about it. So, yeah. Um, I, I, but I do get what, you're, what you mean. Like, like there's screen, a lot. His character is perfectly fine. Like and it's like it's a lot, and I don't want to run from that. I'm sure there were people that turned off, but for me, like I feel like his contribution and what he can, when he like the stuff he did before. I, I was voting for I was a CM Punk voter before he came back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the stuff since he came back over the top, lots of good programs, lots of lots of good business um, there. Not like backbreaking business, like like some would make you think. Um, like towards the the end portion of that run, but you know, in the beginning, you're, you're talking about popping pay per view buy rates, the um, uh, the United Center stuff on a rumor, uh, selling it out just to hear him talk, um, like that's Hall of Fame style shit, it's, especially in comparison to someone like Edge, you know, who I did not vote for or would not vote for under any circumstance. Um, at this is rate, Edge already in with Christian as a tag team or no? No, that's how they're gonna get in. Watch. Yeah, um, I um, yeah, and, and I totally get it. But um, lots of great programs, lots of great promos. Uh, for me, he's all famer. Yeah, uh, my U.S. was the people that I vote for for U.S. Like I, T- Tully and Arn, the Hardys, the Outsiders, Punk, the Steiners, and and the Von Erics. Punk is the only singles act on that list that I would have voted in with my, with the votes I had available to me. Um, so yeah, like with you, I'm with you on the punk thing. Um, I may not have been necessarily a punk voter before the comeback, but like this, this clinched it. He's incredible. Um, even with some people like complaining about like some, some of the Bret Hart stuff, I enjoyed it. So like it it didn't bother me. Um, I, I thought, I thought that like he was one of the, I think he's one of them, like like us like with Moxley and like MJF like the most clear concise true to self characters on professional wrestling television in America. Um, that felt you know 
um, authentic in a way. So yeah, like in this run. So for me, yeah, I I, I don't I would have voted for him in a heartbeat. Um, with all the other stuff going around, be damned, I don't care. Um, so when I had Japan, I had Abushi, Ishii, Naito, and Holy Demon Army. That was my that was four I had in Japan. All right, uh, so where do you want to go from there? Non wrestler. So um, I went ahead and voted for Jim Johnston. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I feel like you associate the music with a lot of like the memories people have of wrestling. Mm-hmm. The, you think about the gong. Um, you think about the glass shattering and like, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff like the music is a soundtrack to what makes the shit go, especially if you can't just, you know, license, you know, a, a bunch of songs. And I, I think Jim Johnson was great. He's a little bit of an asshole, a little bit of a little, little bit arrogant uh, as far as like, you know, when you catch him in interviews, he sounds like a big hater, you know, about everything that's going on now. Uh, you know, it may have something to do with uh, how he ended his career um, within wrestling. But, um, you know, dude was great. Um, and I would vote for him. Uh, I would vote for Ted Turner as well. Um, just like keeping wrestling on the air for years and years and years, uh, despite like, most years not turning a profit uh, and making sure it wasn't a monopoly uh, in this country, country as long as he could until, you know, being out of power and he cut lots of checks to get lots of people paid. And I know a lot of people think, well, anybody could have been doing, look, he could have he been, it, this could have been any billionaire plug and play. I was like, no, this guy branded uh, pro wrestling with the Atlanta Braves with autumn turn network classics and all this shit was together for a reason. Like, He's a Hall of Famer. Like, no. Like, <laughs> um, and Tony Schiavone. Um, I loved Tony Schiavone as a kid. I never understood why people didn't like Tony Schiavone. Um, I, I thought he made wrestling more exciting. Uh, I love him as an old man announcer way more than Jim Ross oh, at this yes. point. Oh, God, yes. Like, he's just... He actually uh, likes his job. Yeah, he, he's he's a positive contributor to the, the acts that he works with. Um he can actually like, you know, you talk about people trying to get heat, like he gets Britt Baker going. He actually gets MJF booed uh, if yep. he fucks with, with Tony because everyone loves Tony. Um, and he's just happy to be there. And it's enough for me. Yeah. Um, After I, I, all these years and years and years and years of, of him being involved in wrestling. Yeah. Um, so Namras had Ted, had Ted Turner, had Shivani. Um, I did not have Jim Johnson. Uh, I, I, I you think about them. You think about them symbols, ain't you? No, 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 I'm not, no, 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 no. I, I just, um, <laughs> I need more convincing on a on a producer. Like if, like for example, like if CFO like just was gonna come back and continue their run, like I would have a hard time voting for CFO, and they made Nakamura's shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's just like. Is being a producer like that big of a contribution to the overall? Like making making the theme is that like that big of a contribution to the overall thing? Like if we're gonna do that, then like are we gonna go to people in the production truck that are putting these video packages in that are making that are making diamonds out of the doo doo that like Vince was was putting on TV for years? They were making like well, you just go on a pay per view, you can see like oh that looks like it made some sense, and then when you go back and see, hear people review those shows, you're like that was nonsense, that was gibberish. Like, so, like, for me, I don't really see that much of a difference except for, like, we actually know this person's name. We don't know those people's names. So, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me. Um, also, like, when I was thinking the Jim Johnson, the Jim Johnson thing, I was like, so, like, is Jim Johnson the greatest, like, wrestling, pro wrestling music producer of all time? I, I would think so, yeah. So, like, 
I think he is. The thing is, for me, is like, if it wasn't for this stupid licensing thing, the person to answer that would be Lil John. <laughs> so, <laughs> niggas come out the head bosses, I don't give a fuck, or, or throw your hood up. Come on, man. But, so, like, you know, he, he got lucked out. He lucked out on that one, but he got spared. But, yeah, like, so, uh, but, uh, you know, but, like, for me, um, who else? Not? Oh, then I'll re- I put in, I'll put in Rossi. I would have put in Rossi based, mm. off, based off the strength of like the two. Like, okay, so all Japan women's, he's the booker of the uh, 90s through like a lot of their peak success in the 90s. And then like he took, and then the success of starting the last two years um, to where like he rides to be number two promotion in the country. And like that hadn't happened with a women's wrestling promotion since in 20 years. Like, I, I think that. Um, and also you think of people that he helped bring in the book, like, you know, Medusa, whoever, and all in between all that kind of stuff. Like if you're going to have, like, if you look through like, um, the observer hall of fame, and it's similar to you talking about like, um, all the people that like were around, um, mid South that were like in the hall of fame. When you look at like the the women acts in the Hall of Fame, and like overwhelmingly all of them like were booked by by Rossi, and then he he you know, starts over again. That didn't work because he had to phone out with Aja Arsian, but like the starting thing worked out. And like if we're ever gonna have another woman's uh, Hall of Famer in the Observer Hall of Fame, it's gonna probably be like Tommy. So. Be like okay, so going forward next decade, if or decade, fifteen years, whatever else, we started looking like if women never get in, like unless it's going to be a horsewoman, it's going to be a stardom wrestler. So you know, um, I'm I, saying I, get get ahead of it now. I, I think this is where it's headed. To be just quite honest. So um, I was looking at the thing and I was like, okay, like. It is a hard case to say it's not him. Not then you think of like uh to say it's not him. But then I think of like um other people that are on the list. It's like okay, so like Booker's for example, right? He's like, is this a thing where like, I know he's not probably not gonna get in, uh, at least not now. But like, compare some of these track records, compare some of these like storylines or whatever else. I think that like I think that he's been the second best Booker in wrestling, or really the second best Booker in wrestling, um. At least one, at least one of the two since like 2019. Like that's we're, we're about to go another year and he's top two. So for me, I think that he's had a run along with what he already had in the past from 25 years ago. Cool, man. Yeah, I I wanted to know more about that just because I don't know. I I think his modern stuff, like just the modern stuff, I feel like you know starting would need to be at that position like a little bit longer for me rather than like you know one year oh yeah uh, but yeah yeah but um yeah man um very interesting stuff we'll, we'll keep track of like the the balloting and stuff like holla at uh jml and at w-o-n uh h-o-f tracker on twitter like they're they have uh, ballot reveals they run polls and uh and everything like that and i, I believe uh voice of wrestling will probably be doing hall of fame audio coming so uh if you guys don't uh you know check those guys out uh normally definitely check that stuff out the hall of fame audio some of the best stuff they do all year and um i love talking about the hall of fame stuff just because i think it matters <laughs> so some people think it's stupid but um 
I mean, yeah. the all Hall of Fames are stupid and goofy and arbitrary, right? So it's like I don't understand why, like, we can't, you know, like we can do Hall of Fame, uh, you know, we can make a Hall of Fame anything that's that, that people, a bunch of people watch and vote, can vote in or vote for. So like, I don't understand why just because it's the fake, it's the fake fight business that you can't just, you know, you can't, you can't just have that discussion. Like, whatever, man. Like, uh, I know me, we start talking this, about know me saying this is rich, but like, do people just not want to have fun? You know, we need to start talking about the real man Hall of Fame. You oh, know, we, one day we'll get to that on the air. Um, but yeah, um, moving along, uh, James, you watched FTR and Aussie opened uh, uh, prior to this. Uh, so yeah. uh, I have not seen the match yet. But uh, James, was it the greatest tag team match you've ever seen in your life? No. Like, okay, color so, me shocked. So. So, so you're telling me the um, the people that put this on a cage match is like higher than like you know Masawa and Kobashi were, were wrong in, in this in this assessment? Like you know these people that were doing these ratings before it even hit tape, yeah, they were tripping. Yeah, it, look, man, like I'm not even doing the the based off the expectation, based off the such a high mark the thing got being dope, like because I knew that was bullshit. I knew that was going to be bullshit, but. Just watching the match, and it goes like thirty five minutes, damn near. It, it, it does. It definitely goes thirty five minutes. Here the last. For some reason, they were like they gave the call. Uh, they were giving like every five minute call, and then like once they got thirty five, they're like thirty five minutes four left or, or t- five left. I'm like, wait, IWGP title matches don't have don't have forty minute time limits. They have sixty. What the fuck? Um, but they promptly wrapped it up. So whatever. But, um. I would still call it a great match, but it obviously does. It, but obviously, like it does not in a sim- dissimilar way from a dissimilar way from the second Briscoe's match, where I thought was too long, but like it didn't. Um, it had points where it dragged, but it, like it was it was worth the entire watch. I don't think this was necessarily worth the entire watch. Like you could have blocked, you could have chopped off and lopped off like that first ten minutes, because um, the first ten minutes is like completely, totally like unrelated and different except for one thing in the first 10 minutes it is like the put over the part where like mark davis and um and dax like they're big brawling bruisers that are gonna you know they have that's the real heat of the match that right when it's gonna come down come down to it by the end but outside of that like it is standard you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in, build a hot tag, hot tag is made, or, you know, thwart the hot tag a bunch of times, hot tag gets in, and then, like, from there, like, they end up on the outside, um, it basically turns to a tornado tag after that point, like, once you get to, like, around the, the 10 to 15 minute mark, like, it turns to a, just a flat out tornado tag, red shoes ain't doing shit, like, the legal, like, legal men, what are those, um, for all the follow the rules shit that they do with FTR ten follow the rules, like what the fuck is like the some stuff they're single singing this match is ridiculous. Like there's a spot where they um I believe it's Davis and and Dax again. Um Davis hits him with a with a big right, Dax falls. You can see him literally grab for a see him go blade himself, and then he uh you know, there's lighting apparatus, lighting rig or whatever else. He gets uh, catapulted to the lighting rig. You can see him. You see the blood off his off his dome before he even hit runs to the thing. I'm like Jesus fucking Christ. Um, then, uh, as I said, it broke into you know a tornado tag. There's a spot where like um, 
Davis and uh, Dax are the legal men. They're set, uh, like, Ozzy Open setting up for a double-team move. There's a crossbody from Wheeler onto Fletcher, the two non-legal participants. And <laughs> Wheeler pins them off of the uh, crossbody, and Red Shoes counts, right? He counts on one count. And then on the other side, as as that reversal happened, um, Dax gets Davis with a uh, the slingshot Liger bomb, right? Like the Tully Blanchard deal. Yeah. Keep in mind, the, the crossbody had already happened like two seconds before in like <laughs> Red Shoes is counting that fault in two illegal men. He stops the count after the Liger bomb and then goes for a double count. We're like, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> fucking no, just no. That makes no sense whatsoever. So, um, they, they, they do the, uh, they get a double sharpshooters later in the match. Like, and then like by, from the 15 minute mark to like the finish is great. Undisputedly great. Um, so there's stuff like, uh, bunch of near fall breakups they get to the point where they end up getting a double or stereo um sharpshooter um legal man is davis and this is after they finally got back to the davis in dax like t- big tough bruiser dudes or whatever else it was in like like they were at the beginning of the match like the only part i liked about the beginning of the match is like they chopped each other so hard to, like they both in like their chest in a bleeding like that was i was like oh okay these dudes got okay but um they get a double sharpshooter and uh, Davis legal man, and they start doing the FTR thing where like they get close to each other, and like one's contr- one's like trying to stop the other one from tapping out, and then you know, so like, but but the twist on it is like instead of like just stopping the hand from going down from tapping out, Fletcher slaps the piss out of Davis like multiple times, and he fires up and it gets the and gets the rope. I thought I actually liked that. I really did like that. Um, but they go, you know, they continue doing more double moves to each other. Uh, uh, they and then they're both all out. Everybody's laid out, quadruple down, and then they both come to their feet like it's a two, like it's a two v two war games where it's like they're both by each other on each side of the side, and they start brawling back and forth, and um, and then the finish. I sit you, and you saw the finish. The finish was um, Fletcher. Uh, while both team or, or like you have Fletcher and you have Wheeler, they're brawling. You have Davis. And Dax and they're still brawling. And um, Fletcher charges at da- at um Dax not Dax. Fletcher charges at Wheeler in the corner. Wheeler uh gets out the way, and uh, Fletcher basically hits takes the post or whatever else and rolls out. And he's off the table. So um then Wheel- Wheeler gets to the the, legal, the corner the like FTR's corner. So he's finally someone can make a tag for the first time in like, or one of the like five tags for like the last twenty minutes of the match, right? So, um, then from that point, um, Dax he shoves and pushes um, uh, Davis into FTR's corner. There's a blind tag, and after the blind tag. <laughs> Dax Irish whips Davis into the rope. He comes back. Uh, there is a Dax does a drop down. 
Wheeler does a, uh, a leapfrog. Davis goes up and under. He hits the ropes. <laughs> a second time. Then there's uh, double uh, drop downs. He goes over and over. He hits the rope now a third time. And then he catches the big rig. And I was like, bro. You hit the ropes three times off an of Irish whip and you didn't escape or counter. And that's the finish. That was it. All right, bro. That's um, a lot of disbelief 30, right there. Right. Especially <laughs> when the ma- match is y'all bleeding and bloody and, and, and chopping the shot enough to bleed from the chest and, and everything. It, it was just a it was a it was a mess of of like uh Ozzy Open's style and FTR's style. And I wouldn't say it was a bad match. I wouldn't say it was just a very good match. I would probably give this four stars, but Did it, it feels like they tried too hard. Because that's I, that's what I'm that's what I'm gathering. It feels like they overthought it. Like they were trying to be like, how do we make a mesh of all things? And like it reminded me, it reminded me a lot of like um of the first Young Bucks match, where it's like I'm kind of underwhelmed. I thought this match would be better. These are two of the best tag teams in the world. Um, yeah, it, it kind of felt like that. Like, I feel like if they have a second match, it'd be better. Um, but, you know, and, like, I think when I think about this, like, I've seen, I've seen, like, a handful of, less than a handful. I've probably seen, like, this is probably, like, the fourth or fifth Ozzy Open match I've seen. There's only one match. Like, I've like those two matches they had with the Velocity smoked this match. Like, the match that they had, um, and also the matches they had on um, in the trio tournament smoked this match. Yeah. Um, like, this is the second worst match I've seen them in. Obviously, I'm not saying that, like, there's, you know, I just, that's the thing of me only seeing so many matches and the ones that have been recommended are out, out, out of this world. But as far as FTR, like, in there, and I think of, like, their collection of great matches, this isn't something that I'm going to think of as top 10 FTR match. Um, so, like, so, but it was, so it was really weird. And then now when you add in, like, the hype that it got from the, from the people that were, like, there that voted before, early, and it's like, Y'all got completely influenced by, like, the part of being in the building thing than actually, like, like, when they watch that TV copy and be like, wow, this match wasn't as good as I experienced it live. That's crazy. That's going to be a lot of people's experience with this, I feel like. Um, Hmm. But still a great match. um, And I will be up, I will be up for watching them do another match just at, like, 25 minutes out of 35. Uh, Black Saber Jr. says, I love the match, but people saying are the GOAT, it was the GOAT tag team match, or Smoking Meth. Um, yeah, like they, both, of, both of them teams have multiple tag matches better than, than that. Like, pick any FTR DIY match, or sorry, Revival DIY match, pick any Ozzy Open Velocities match. Interesting. Um, so, Black Saber Jr. also says, Ozzy Open are going to face Motor City Machine Guns and some LA Dojo Boys at the NYC show on the 28th. Thero Negro says FTR could hypothetically have matches as thrilling as other Aussie open matches, but they love the eighties too much. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Matt and Nick wouldn't disappoint y'all like this. That's that's what I'm I'm gathering here. Um, But yeah, man, interesting. Um, Did you happen to catch any of the triple mania stuff? Unfortunately, I did not, but I'll end up catching it because I still have, I have a copy of it. I'll take there. I saw the last two matches, um, and one of them was uh, I'll start with the Phoenix versus Vikingo match. Uh, this is for the Triple A Mega Championship match. Vikingo came out in all white, uh, some of his best gear that I've ever seen. Phoenix uh, w- was out there tasseled, um, and this was like the, they were building this whole whole story about you know 
uh, Viking goes next, obviously, but Ray Phoenix is obviously still here. Uh, mm-hmm. Ray Phoenix is about six years older than Vikingo. So, like, you know, the the thing is, like, yo, you're not Ray Phoenix. Like, but, like, Vikingo's kind of his own guy, and he's the champion. And, you know, while he's doing the stuff in Mexico, uh, the Phoenix is the guy that, that's traveling the world, like, uh, you know, getting all the acclaim and everything like that. Like, if this match was, I feel like they they went for it um really hard it was a little sloppy i feel like um and this was like i feel like they could do a better match eight out of ten times i think Mm. better than the one that they did it was good uh i feel like they they tried a lot of things that were like don't 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 get it wrong there was shit in this match that was fucking incredible um there was a super poison rana uh off the top rope um, that was insane the way it landed. Uh, there was Vikingo like jumping outside the ring, um, kind of I don't know what the how to describe it, but it was like like a like he like did like a it's a, it's like an invert. <laughs> it's hard to fucking explain. So like if he's on the top rope, he spins around. Um, but then does a front flip like but going the wrong way and lands in the Phoenix. So basically weird. like a. Like a almost like a backwards moonsault. I'm sorry, yeah. a backwards 450. Yes, and then okay. there was another spot where Phoenix did something I've never seen before. Um, it was a reverse frog splash into the ring, like leapt backwards with the with the correct like you know type of frog motion, mm-hmm. and it was like reverse. I was like, what? Like it was just like hold on, like 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 like, like run this back, DJ. Like what <laughs> what did you do? Like. I- <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, um, Vikingo ended up getting the win uh, over Phoenix, which was interesting, um, seeing as how AEW guys usually never lose. I imagine that they're hopeful they can still book Vikingo versus Kenny at some point. Um, but yeah, this is awesome. I would probably say four and a quarter. I think these guys have a better match in them for sure. Um, and, you know, I'd love to see them do it on a Wednesday. Um, you know, uh, especially like the way the 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 commentary was, was fucking horrible. Like as far as like the audio quality of it, mm. it, it was abysmal. Uh, but which uh, far, which which do you have English or, or I had the English, unfortunately. Yeah, I because I would have you know I would have yeah. went for he was um, a of course. Yeah, he was a Vinovich, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, they they had these guys. It was sound like it was coming through on rotary phones. Like it was it was terrible. Like as far as like the the quality. I was like, man. I this, think there was an issue bad. with the first. Um, I think it was an issue with the first Triple Mania this year, like that. It was like if I could like amplify if it, if I had a Jimmy Hart megaphone in front of a cell phone on speakerphone and then the other side and I turned it <laughs> way the fuck up. That's what it sounded like on commentary. Um, but the main event was Pentagon Junior versus Viano Four, and my fucking god, um, this is an old man match, but this is an excellent. Brawl, deathmatch, uh, totally fitting for the main event of Triple Media. Insane, really. Um, before the match came in, uh, like my wife Catherine came in and she was like wondering why I was watching. I, you know, pretty much just gave her like the 30 second version of like, yeah, it's a mass versus mass match. And mm-hmm. uh, this is really important. Vikingo's, uh, or excuse me, uh, Viano 4 is 57 years old. His, he's part of his famous wrestling family. Like there's Viano 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, I don't know, however many. Um, used to be in WCW back in the day. Uh, he's been a legend, you know, da da da. And 
you know, but the reason it's a big deal is because, you know, you lose your mask, you lose your identity. It's like your your family pride. Da, da, da. She instantly got it. Like, and like, okay, cool. And then, you know, I watched it and it was like, damn, this is awesome. Like, incredible atmosphere. Um, in Pentagon, like, is like you asked him to do, like, his entrance was incredible. Um, they, they spared no expense on, you know, between Vikingo's shit and then um his and uh it just feels like really important like I, I would say go out of your way to check this out especially like you know the the masters and mass stuff is like is really great the last one i can really remember was um when phantasma lost his mask and then the son was uh there a couple years ago um but this was this was really great uh and you know these guys like put it on each other blood uh, ripping the mask, and this is like the the tournament final of that tournament that's been going on all year. Where since the first Ultimate Dragon was yeah. in that shit, yeah. So yeah. like this is like if you watch those those other ones, that like you get a real sense of like yo, this shit was really important, really well booked, and in, in the way that this played out it was was really entertaining and awesome. And you know, I, we're not like we don't cover Lucha Libre like closely or anything like that, but like you know, <laughs> if it was co- if it was coherent, we would. <laughs> But this was like, like some of the most start, coherent I, you know, shit. I heard that CMLL is doing better, so you know, I, I might, I'd be willing yeah. to look into that. But um, AAA, it's always, you know, it's always a mess. Even the biggest shows, like AAA. like this, was the most coherent thing I've ever seen out of AAA. Like, like just, for them to commit to this this tournament, this mass yes. tournament throughout. Through, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. That's true. That is true. Because normally they just throw out some any old like. You know, put throw Pagano or a Cyber Clown out there to have some have some garbage death, not garbage death, but like some some super bloody death match that that the crowd is going shit, shit Tons of turns. crazy for. Yeah, yeah, like that. That was at uh, last, last year's Romania. Yeah. Oh God, so crazy. me, I don't. You know, that doesn't move me in that kind of way. But like, I will say for Pentagon, Pentagon is really weird with him. Like. I think that Phoenix is like a generational talent. I do not necessarily think of Pentagon in that way, but bro, in this environment, I, bro, but let me finish point. But when he's been presented as like a main eventer or as a singles performer, he always gets the job done, and he's always great. And like you think of the, like the stuff like Slam, like the Slam versus match he had with uh, Sammy Callahan, like or, you know the Road Roll Spikes, or whatever else, or like. Um, the match with Cody or the match with Omega or the match with, with Phoenix or, or like, you know, every, like he's a guy that like is, no, he's a, he's a tag guy that, that we mostly know him as in Lucha Bros, but like, they should AW, break them up. But I think that like, I think he's a better singles act. And I know that like, there, I know there's people screaming to their phone, like, like Caleb or like Josh Smith that, that watched, um, Lucha Underground were like, motherfucker, we've been saying this for like half a decade. But like, the dude is an incredible big match performer, regardless of the stipulation, regardless of the uh the format. Like he's like when when it's called for him to perform, because of that charisma, like he can do anything. Yeah. Um. He they they should definitely look into using him as singles uh, in AEW at some point. Just because they they would both offer so much in, in their own unique ways, and then like for me, the story of like Triple Mania, the top two, it was like despite Vikingo winning, it was like yo Phoenix 
and Pentagon. Like these are the defining Lucha Libre acts of our generation, I think. And like the post Ray Mysterio, they were looking for like the the new guys that, that were going to come around. And I feel like Vikingo is a generation younger than them. And as I was watching Biano Ford take his mask off, and everyone was going crazy and and looking at it like, yo, this guy gave his life to this business, and uh, he's crying. He, he pulls off, and, and he's got all the 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 arcade coin slots in his uh forehead mm-hmm. and everything i was like bro the day that phoenix or pentagon unmasked like that on his own by his own volition and like that shit like people our age when that shit happens we're gonna be crying our eyeballs out like the day like you know phoenix gotta, gotta get take that shit off or pentagon gotta take all that shit off and, and hand it over like this was so great go out of your way and watch this yeah, so, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I just didn't get a, enough time to it. Like, I, I have the copy. I just haven't got around to it. Was anything? Uh, do you see? Check anything below the uh, the semi main event? Um, there was a a tag match, I believe, it had Willie Mack in it. I think Dragon Lee and Drillistico. I believe they won that match, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, uh, I, I saw some was... crazy spot where like Brian Cage, um, yes. uh, monkey flipped. I forgot who it was. It was somebody that I, that we know. Um, like you know, Bandito. Yeah, Bandito. Over, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I'm, I'm gonna check that out too. Yeah. So I, I think there was a um, uh, Ty Valkyrie and Camille match. Uh, I caught a couple minutes of, but I skipped over. I'm to sorry. The last can you two. say who those two participants were again? It was Ty Valkyrie versus Camille. Camille's working Triple A. Yes. Okay. So she, she Is went she over the Women's Champion still? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so, but um. Moving on um, from there. Uh, <laughs> Mario 64 <laughs> Yes, he did. Yahoo! <laughs> so we uh, we got AW Dynamite in Canada, in Toronto. Awesome crowd uh, all night. Loved the, how the arena looked. Uh, apparently, it's a minor league hockey building. Uh, oh, Camille was a Thunder Rosa replacement. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so the that was the only option. Pickens is slim, my friend. Not that damn slim. <sighs> so, minor league hockey building, uh, filled up real nice. Um, I, I saw a picture of it, like, building looked great. Um, opened with Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry and. Jack Perry wasn't booed at all. That was a pleasant surprise. It was very over. Um, and this match was awesome. Um, uh, Loose Source with a clean win uh, on this. Um, I think he may have got distracted like there was at the end, but this was this was essentially a clean win uh, for Luchasaurus. And this was a this was a big match for for Luchasaurus, I think, because like I think in this situation, we kind of expected Jungle Boy just to run through him. And this was like a kind of a subverting of expectations here. Uh, I'll probably go four stars on this. I think they they, they had awesome chemistry in this match. Uh, lots of big moves, great near falls. Crowd was red hot for this thing. Um, and yeah, uh, Black Sabre Jr. had it right. The Wolves love Jungle Jack. Indeed. Um, I just matched a little bit less than you. I thought I'd probably go three and three quarters on it. Uh, yeah, I forgot what the finish was, but yeah, uh, choke Christian, slam from the top and a burning hammer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Christian got involved at the end. Um, Jungle had a match one. Um, before the match, Christian came out, 
being re- reviewed or sorry being interviewed oh by Renee, Renee Paquette, Paquette. Yeah. oh yeah we should talk about that <laughs> all right we'll get to that next uh and um he he got hate he was like you know I'm you know I'm Toronto you know I'm Toronto's own and like you know but much you know but this similar to like the, the Maple Leafs like I will not be bouncing the first round and, they, that, and that's the reason why they cheer for for Jack Perry because Chris had to go out there and get heat on his own city I, this I'm telling you, MGF is back and he is still doing MGF things. I like, I, I really do like telling that Christian so much. <laughs> like he comes out just shits on people. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned uh, he was talking to Renee Paquette, who is signed with AEW. The former Renee Young used to be in WWE. I believe she left WWE in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. It sounds about uh, right. Right around SummerSlam or quickly thereafter. And man, by the by the the things people were saying the time where she, she left WWE is just quality supreme. Bring it back to the light material um, that if you just, you want to have some fun, I, I believe James like put the, uh, he, he put the, the code you need to search for. Yeah. I, I put out a tweet saying like, cause this was after, um, I guess it was either a W's account or Tony Khan's account. Like say that she was all elite and I end up quote tweeting that I was like, if you if you want a quick laugh, like type in Renee Too Good Wrestling um, into your Twitter search, and and have yourself a quick laugh. And there's a lot of stuff where people were like, she's too good for wrestling, da 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 da, blah blah blah. And it's like a lot of what? denial. Yeah, it's like a lot of people are too good for their jobs. They got like all the time. That doesn't mean they're not going to want that kind of job or that they're going to you know, had that kind of job. That's just, that's how life works. So, like, I don't know what point you were trying to make, but she wanted to like, oh, no, she she couldn't possibly want to work right. anywhere else in wrestling because right. that's not wrestling. Right, right. Know? And, it, and, it, and it, it was shades of, like, the Sasha Banks goes to, go to Japan thing where it's like, what, what promotion in Japan? Name them. Is it, oh, is it actually you want her in Japan or you just don't want her to, you want her to like do anything but go, show up in AEW? It's just an anti AEW thing. Like, just stop being around the bush and say it. Um, so yeah. I, I just find it when, to be when weird. When the story dropped a, a couple days before, um, I put out a bulletin board of like, of people just like looking ridiculous. And, you know, people like, I tried, like, next time I do this, I feel like I need to like, buzz out the names because there were people that were tagging the people and it so people accepted their you know their face with it you know i and i try not to insult most people unless they're on you know just ridiculousness but um it, it just it was just everything james was saying as far as like you know the too good for wrestling it's so pretentious and like just like all right man like just like i'm like yo can you not see the way the wind's blowing even back then no, okay, you're you're just that deep in the in the thing. So yeah, um, and, you know, and for me, it's like I don't necessarily disagree with them saying she's too good for wrestling. It's like, like for me, it's like yeah, like I I don't know why she's not like working ESPN, like basically basically st- taking like all the the slots that like Michelle Beadle had like four years ago, five years ago. But she's not. She's in AEW. And that's what she wants to do. And, like, her husband happens to work there and whatever. Um, and for me, like, you know, her being as the guest, as the, um, I'm sorry, as 
the um, interviewer, that's a perfect role for her. That's what the reason why like people liked her to begin with. And then they put her um, in the booth on the main roster as like a color commentator when like when she was NXT, she wasn't even that. She was like she was doing play by play. Like they always miscast her in that job and then wonder why she was bad at it. So like now she's like literally like in the mean Gene Orgelin position and I think she'll do very good with it. Yep. And one of these days, someone like MJF is going to get heat on her and Moxie is going to bust a nigga head to the white. <laughs> it is going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. Speaking yeah. of that, another, look, another classic that they would have been on the Lil Jon uh, interest music that just didn't go through. Uh, Lil Jon Eastside Boys featuring 8-Ball MJG, White Meat from what uh, the Crunk Juice album. Oh, that, gotcha. that look, that would have went uh, as some, some t- type of 2000s interest music for a wrestler but you know i feel like we need to we, we need to run some type of tournament like best you know, little john music entrance <laughs> like like just like not even best little john you can pull some little john stuff best songs that would have worked as a wrestling theme song like that a rap song all right some so, type of tournament so if we're gonna do like this if we're gonna do like i feel like little john has to have his own region yeah that's like, what i'm saying like yeah. if, we're gonna, if we're gonna do it if we're gonna he do gotta face himself it's gonna be a fucking little john region of 16 because look i can name you 16 off the top of my head probably right now so <laughs> this nigga out. you can never ever 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 i, ever, I specifically ever. made big swole's new theme based on get on my level <laughs> Like that—that's what what I kind of was like envisioning. Um, bro, you had somebody come out to BIB. Oh my god! Bro. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! There's oh. so many dope themes like that people could use on the indies, yeah. and they just don't. Yep. Um, yep. Like, look, I remember uh, you on 2K at one point. You had Plaza hotter than me as it. That mm. would have went. That would have went. That would have went. Back in the day. Um, we, we used to do the the theme song, the custom theme songs. They used to let you do it on like PS3. I remember you had a uh, Wild Boy from MGK. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> that one went hard too. <laughs> so oh yeah, we'll, we'll have to uh, we'll have to look into that. But um, moving forward, uh, so you know, as far as Renee goes, like she's a uh, she. I think she's a quality of life add for the promotion like she just is a goodwill magnet people like her and that goes a long way especially you know the goodwill isn't as as good as it used to be yeah so um after that renee was backstage with uh ethan page and stokely basically set up uh, isaiah cassidy ethan page match for uh, matt hardy's contract um, and you know, private party can leave the firm, but you know, da da da. There's you know a lot of stuff there. Um, after that, we got a Ward Joe match against Nick Comoroto. I want to talk. I want to touch on the part where like MJF and Stokely are kind of oh yeah yeah starting yeah to be at odds because he's like I actually didn't want I didn't know what I was going to do when it came to the you to handshake and. They, you know, they kind of made the decision unilaterally without my oh, that's, permission to make that. That's later. Thing. Oh, that wasn't during the whole thing? Because he yelled at Stokely right then. Later. Okay, all right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. More uh, the ROH uh, TV champs, Mo Joe and Wardlow, uh, squishing Comoroto and QT. Um, 
QT went out there and tried to get the slow war Joe chant by mocking war Joe. It did not work because they were like, bro, we just can't, we just get whooped and move on with your day. That's all that was. So this was um, Wardlow and Joe squishing them. Uh, they continue to uh, do this this back in shoehorning of ROH into this show, like this Wardlow Smojo Alliance. I don't know what this necessarily is doing for Warlow. Some people think this is giving Warlow the rub. I'd rather see him doing something with the TNT Championship personally uh, than forming a a vanity tag team that they're not even going to be in like contention for anything with. Um, and we get like uh, Prince Nana, Brian Cage, Gates of Agony, more people. You know, all these people like jumping on these guys. Uh, FCR came out, big reaction for these guys, and they essentially set up some stuff uh, for Rampage and all that, and I'm just like... Nah, who else did they bring out after FTR came out? Oh, they said they um, were going to do a six-man match, and they said they have a Toronto boy they're going to team with, and then Sean Spears made his uh, return, got a big ovation, changed his theme music, he's a babyface now, and they did the 10 gimmick for him. And everyone was was happy to see him. And apparently he cut a really good promo after the show. I didn't watch it, but uh, people said this was like career defining stuff. But um, I and will... Warlow made eyes at each other and then they high fived each other and it was squashed. So I thought, OK, that's good enough for me. Yeah. And I was like, I saw him come out and I was just like, oh, OK, Sean Spears. And, and the whole thing, and you, of course, and you. You know, you had a you had a agenda too for, for Sean Spears. I, I like Sean Spears. Like yeah, I like yeah. like when people were, were saying like he should be thrown from the promotion, like and all this. <laughs> I was like, what what is he doing? Like he's so ineffective. Like it, it like he doesn't matter. Like right. as far as like he's not right. like he's not like in the I, world title picture, I like think, dragging people, it down. I, I think people have taken the the words all elite too far. <laughs> it's like no, like the like pro wrestling is pro wrestling is like building it is like team building. You can't have all the fucking stars put together other because you have to, somebody has to lose these matches for other people to win them. And if they all stars, you get 50-50 booking. Like so, no, you need some people like Sean Spears to go out there and be a prelimer. It's fine. Yeah, and especially a guy that can that has a good look that can work that's like solid as fuck and like you never have to worry about him and everything. And other wrestlers love wrestling him. Yeah, you need a lot of those guys. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, but a lot of this like is tied into this ROH. Um, I don't know what's going on with this. Um, as far oh, I you have know what's a, going on. Well, yeah, TK is trying to like finesse like a tv deal for roh by like devoting a lot of roh time to like putting the, the belts on you know your well-known wrestlers like samoa yep. joe chris jericho mercedes martinez point garcia. Uh, ftr garcia like yeah and it's like he's trying to like backdoor this like the second brand um into getting pitched and say hey look what the ratings are happening with you know the heavy focus on ROHs. it's like i feel like a lot of this is like i don't care about it at all i and, don't disagree with you at all except and, for like except for like the jericho garcia stuff there's not much i actually really care about and that's not to say that like i won't care about it like if they actually do get a, their, their own tv show again and start you know being actual promotion but like 
it being a zombie promotion. I don't want to say they're necessarily interlopers because like most of the wrestlers like are a or also like mostly AEW guys at first. Uh, but like it feels like some shoehorn thing, and it's like, all right, can we get to the point to where like they can announce this TV deal? Because you know, like those word is like, uh, was it last week or recently? Like, uh, despite all the talk about Discovery and, and and Warner and everything, that like they actually, you know, they want more AEW programming. I'm assuming one of those things is going to be Ring of Honor. So like, once that gets off, like, great, <clears throat> awesome, I'll watch it. Just put it over there, and I don't want them to really do this kind of like mid card overlap thing after that. Like, if you want to have, um, if you want to have Lethal go out there and have a killer match with somebody, or or Claudio have a killer match with somebody, or Jericho have a killer match with somebody, Bandito, fine. But like, when you throw in like, like the levels below them, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> like all right, bro, like and then like the AEW in it is like disappearing, like. Dante Martin is fucking vanished into the ether. Uh, Starks and Hobbs have gone back missing after um, you know, the New York match. show. Um, Eddie Kingston has disappeared. Uh, Sammy's on vacation again. Uh, well, he may be out for another reason, but um, <laughs> like it just seems like there's like a lot of the the AEW has like disappeared in like this mid cardization of the ROH stuff that like when Gates of Agony is like coming in and yeah. Dalton Castle is coming in and stuff Dalton like, like yeah, especially Dalton Castle. I'm like, oh like oh, I couldn't imagine caring. Like I like I signed up to to kind of watch AEW here, but like, you know, I don't have this 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 reverence for, for ROH like that. Like it's cool I, I imagine for the people who do, but um I did when I'm, the wrestlers. I did when the wrestlers were like the main, you know, the the people that turned into the main eventers in NXT. Like when it's Adam, like it's 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 totally different when it's like Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole and and you know Roderick Strong or, or Ray Dragon in general. Then like they're bringing in the Kingdom um, to to face FTR. I, I believe in a program, so uh, they're bringing in uh, Taven. Uh, who else? Taven and uh, Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis, and it's like. Okay. I don't want to watch any of those three. I don't want to watch them. At least Haven's not being pushed as a world champion. So, like, <laughs> and apparently Who's they've the, had solid matches as more, a team. What's more delusional, right? The Catalyst Jay White talking about how he sold out Madison Square Garden or Madison Square Taven. Which one was more ridiculous? Yo, which one's been more ridiculous? Put it on a poll. Jesus. Um, <laughs> we need a poll. Um, okay. Uh, in the um, In the chat. If Jay White selling out Madison Square Garden is more ridiculous, press one. If <laughs> Madison Square Taven is more ridiculous, press two. We need it in the chat. Chat, please tell us. So, um, got some twos coming up. Lots of twos showing up in this thing. So, because at least Jay White's great, right? At least he's a great. He's a he's objectively is a great pro wrestler. Like Taven is just he's all right. He's just all right. Yeah, yeah I. I can't say I'm like like I don't have really strong <laughs> bro, bro, two, a clean sweep for two, the twos. Five, like, twos in a, five twos in a row. All right, y'all got it. <laughs> we get it. We get it. Cause look, you can argue like Tony Khan is not in a position to buy um Ring of Honor if not for Mad Square Taven and then like <laughs> them going to the <laughs> You know, in a roundabout bro, way, bro. Because bro, that was that was like the, I know you always joked about it with NXT, like that last takeover with, with Gargano uh, getting um um that that last Gargano War Games, whatever else is like. 
bro, like the ser- like the series finale was was in Madison Garden, the G one and the G one Supercar because like or sorry the G one like, yeah the G one Supercar because like New Japan just went out there and was just New Japan was great and then you look at and he's like what the f- the allure. Matsworth Taven. Bully Ray. Enzo and Cass. Or no, not, not Enzo and Cass. Was it Enzo and Cass or was it Enzo? I yes. can't remember. Enzo, Enzo and Cass. Cass. Yeah, like it was a fucking mess, bro. And then, they, and then what was it? Uh, Best in the World to follow up like their next oh pay-per-view. Then, and we, yes. we, recovered, we murdered that pay-per-view. Yes. Uh, back in yes. 2019. Like, bro, like what what is going on here? Like, what what match did they have on the, pay, on the pre-show? It was like a... Uh, was it Bandito? They had some awesome... Tag some awesome singles match on the pre-show set on the main card and the main it was a mess whatever like yeah but anyway um flash forward to to where we are now and it's like I I kind of there, there's a conspiracy I got but I'm I'm just kind of cooking it um, oh, that Lord. you know what's going on here with this ROH stuff but um you know I'll, I'll let that sit in the oven for you a think it's bit. like a time fill because there's no CM Punk and no uh no Elite no no oh, okay um but. That there, there's something that that kind of relates in that direction, but yes, that is true. They did have Mayu trying to carry Kelly Klein on a bad MCL. Absolutely, yeah. She tore her MC. She tore her MCL, uh, like mid mid December, and they say, "Hey, fly her in and make her make her the Woman of Honor champion in like February. Take her to Massworth Garden." <laughs> and Kelly Klein is. Whatever, man, that was a mess. At least we got that Konami uh, title defense out of uh, out of Mayu um, from February two thousand nineteen. But yeah, like uh, it, it. As far as um, the ROHers being on, like unless they're like the actual like showcase people, I'm with you. I don't care. And like when you know you're telling me that you're bringing Dalton Castle back again, all right, bro. Like, I've had enough. I've had enough. Um, if you want to, if you want to do, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he's actually. I, I don't think of him as uh, ring out of talent anymore. But obviously, he was. But like, you bring out Roosh, you bring out Dragon Lee, sure. But like, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to see Don Castle versus Jericho. That, that I think it's gonna fucking suck. And they're teasing it, heavy. Oh, it's happening. It, the match was made for Tuesday for the title. Um, yeah. So <laughs> speaking of Jericho, Tony Giovanni was backstage with him and Menard and Angelo Parker. Um, Daniel, he called Parker called Danielson a liar. Uh, he was poaching Garcia to break up their family. Menard said it hurt uh, them a lot more than it hurt him. Jericho said he saw Garcia as a little brother, but he hasn't taken his calls. Said tonight isn't about cheating. He's a lion heart and all will honor the Ocho. Um, and after that, we got Swerve Strickland versus Billy Gunn. <sighs> um, I think it's the worst Swerve match I've ever seen. <laughs> the right man won. However, I don't know why we need to protect Billy Gunn. Um, the finish kind of made the ref look weird. Um, I would think people would argue this gets Swerve Heat for cheating. I would think he would have needed to beat Billy Gunn with an inch of his life. That would have been the way I did this. Like, I don't know. I know Billy Gunn's huge. I know TK probably is averse to uh, making him look a certain way, but I feel like that's why he's there at this point. He's a 
a plot device to push other things forward to play off of. Like he's not the featured act via claim or are, and it's like the Billy Gunn thing is like it's to it's enhance, it's, it's, you it's know. Just, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I I didn't like I didn't like how they essentially. Like, I feel like they should have made Swerve more aggressive rather than like he stole one from Billy Gunn personally. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to play into a story, but like. Uh... At this point, I don't have much faith in the story because, like, it seems like it's ran its course. Like, what, what's next? Like, is he gonna fight Bones now? Like, I, I feel like this is all leading to eventually. Like, this leads to Keith Lee finally turns heel and never be heel tag team. But it's like, oh, but you, there's nowhere to go now because he already lost the titles. Or maybe they get the titles back. I don't know. Maybe that's the real heat. They get the titles back from from uh, the acclaimed and they're just like flat out heels. Um, but outside of that, I don't really. I, I think they almost kind of need to move on. Because there's nothing really uh, left out of, except for turning full on heel with Keith Lee and getting the titles back from them. And, that would and be... save them from having to, you know, try to pretend to be like they can, you know, tag team champions that can carry on on pay-per-view at that level. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, Black Sabre Jr. Swerve having a competitive match with 2022 Billy Gunn is a choice. <sighs> so... Uh, after the match, the claim uh, came out to check on Billy Gunn. They teased a scissor deal, but uh, Mark Sterling interrupted with Tony Nese, said that he has a document from America saying that Sterling now owns the scissor me uh, trademark in pro wrestling. Legit, by the way. Um, and all the money from the T-shirt sales goes to Sterling. That part's probably not legit. Uh, but what's stopping Sterling from double crossing? <laughs> Look, if this was the old days, Mark Strong would have been like, all right, you know, um, you know, if it basically said if they do the hand gesture, uh, they'll sue. Um, da, 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 da. Um, for me, this kind of feels like Kevin Ash uh, and the Powerbomb. No, that and also like um, when the yes chance were going like Danielson was like, yo, do the no, say no. And I don't know if this was them trying to get ahead of the curve before the scissoring stuff burned out. But I think they had a lot more mileage before they had to implement something like this in mm-hmm. uh, to try to keep it hot or I don't know. But um, we'll see where that goes. But it probably says some a tag match where they face like um, Neeson. Uh, was it Josh For the rights. Briggs? Yeah. Yeah. The rights of the letter T, you know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so now. We have that Alex Marvez and MJF thing. Um, asked him basically about a post match with Will Yuta last week. Um, and uh, Regal, uh, you know, asked about the Regal stuff. Uh, Stokely interrupted MJF, and then MJF said, That's cool to do with other people, but not him. It's a strike two. It doesn't le- take his Carlton Banks wardrobe out of his shot. It'll be strike three. Uh, he completely like dresses Stokely down. Stokely, like, leaves, doesn't really say much. Uh, and then uh, MJF like kind of turns and talks about having to pass with Regal, and uh, he doesn't know you know if he was gonna you know shake hands with you know him in the post match. Uh, said the crowd you know and most of the locker room want him dead, but he has no choice but to be the bad guy if you don't like it. Tough shit. He's gonna be the world champion. He's a generational talent. The delivery on this was awesome. This was like this was incredible. Um, this was like this is why like I, I felt like I was watching like Ric Flair or something. <laughs> When I was watching this, yeah, he's he's just like he's gonna be anti hero. That's all that is. Um, it's fine. Like, uh, it's fine. I I um, 
and I, I, I want to see like what he does on paper when he's a champion. Um, as far as like uh, making this character work when he's depending on who they put him in there with, um, or how like how malleable he'll be able to make it work, right? But um, but like it seems like they're clearly using they're building towards the, the firm like turning on him and like you know turning him to a anti an asshole babyface like so that's fine um it really felt like he was leaning towards going face um in this i remember talking with the group chat and it was like i guess it would be good to not fight against the current because everyone wants to cheer him anyway mm-hmm. um i think he'll do a great job especially being, if like uh, they fuck, especially if they get escalated enough to where like they end up fucking him out of uh winning the title with the chip <laughs> and then get, sends him on the long road to actually like in the type of you know uh I don't want to say chase, but like uh, some type of redemption for him being such a shitbag for the, the entire history of AEW, um, and then like he can basically still just you know call people schmucks and everything else, well, but except gets cheers instead of booze. So um, it, he can make it work. He's talented enough to make that work. Yeah. Um, then they talked about uh, Shivani being in the ring, plugged the AEW uh, World Title match next Tuesday. Uh, Hangman uh, is his guest. Uh, and then John Moxley uh, came out as well. So uh, Moxley basically uh, said after three years, it feels uh, damn good to be back in Toronto. You always got a target on your back as a world champ. Uh, a lot of people crumble under the pressure, some faster than others. That felt like a shot at a oh, certain yeah. Chicagoan. Um, it says a job that requires you to be ruthless, and that's what he loves about this job. Uh, and then, you know, as soon as he uh, talked about Hangman, uh, Hangman came out, uh, said, you know, whatever Mosley was going to say, say to his face. Uh, Paige basically got in the mic uh, and got handed the mic. He said, uh, Mosley uh, said meant the world to him. Uh, said, called Mosley a great champion, a great father, and a great husband. Uh, and MJF is shown because MJF always has to be shown, uh, apparently, now. Or anything Mosley does now at this point. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and he has the chip, of course. Uh, hey, man, ignores him and is pretty much like, playing off of him through most of the segment um, and says Moxley uh, views him as a kid, which Moxley then agreed uh, basically said, yeah, I said it. And Heyman didn't like that kid shit very much. And he said uh, he doesn't view Paige as the same guy who knocked him off the latter a year ago. He doesn't think Paige has the guts to pull the trigger to do what it takes to win. Kind of a direct call back to um, that the CM Punk, Punk finish match. Yeah. Um, Paige alludes to that as well. Uh, he said he's not the same guy. He hesitated, you know, when in that punk match, he went for the trio title with his best friends. Uh, his old friends have disappeared. Um, the crowd kind of goes, ooh. And he's anxious and he's depressed, but he's still here uh, because he's a man. And man, when he said that, like, I think Twitter exploded. All the forums I was in exploded. It was like, this, I feel like this is the best promo of his career. Um, I love this shit. I was ready to run through a wall. Um, he said, like Moxley, um, uh, he, he's lost loved ones, but he's a father and a husband. He started punching himself in the face like he was Ric Flair or something or or Terry Funk. And, uh, you know, he, he fucking hard ways himself. Crazy, by the way, <laughs> to do that. Uh, he doesn't care if Moxley's family is <clears throat> there next week. He's going to do whatever it takes to win the title back. Uh, Paige gives Moxley his word that he's going to be the next AW World Champion. I love this. Um, I had problems paying attention to it because they kept cutting the MJF and like, I don't care because it makes me careless because like, oh, I, like I can't even get into like the, 
the the tension of those two because like I know he's gonna fucking lose <laughs> because because they have this fucking dude literally literally they as pro, before or as he starts off this promo you see the crowd turn and look up behind them to see because the spotlight went up to the prep the sweet box where MJF was then they cut to a wide shot where you can see him hanging over the top of them like the fucking sword of Damocles and I'm like. Or so, Khan. So why do I give a shit about this? Yes. So why do I give a shit about this match? Um, as far as uh, Paige's promo, like it was really well delivered. Um, I know it plays into like the ancient millennial cow or cowboy thing or whatever else as far as being um, called a um, a kid or whatever else. The problem is like I I'm not a person that questions. Uh, hangman pages manhood so for me he's like yelling a lot of things that like i already fucking know and agree with so i'm like yeah already past that why are you i'm already past it why are you still hung up on this I, so uh for me like when you get the kid line and he cuts his promo and you look at his like for me and you look at his promos this year it seems to me like he's cutting another like like this is moxie standing in for cm punk and he's talking to CM Punk after CM Punk big leagued him. And for me, it's kind of like, bro, I don't care. <laughs> so, it, so for me, like, it, it didn't work for me. And also it's like him talking about like he has nothing left. So he's therefore he's very desperate is like. It just makes me think of like how little they've done with him all year um, since he lost the title. So it's like, I'm not feeling like after he loses this match, he's going to be in some good place again. Cause it's like, they don't do shit with him anymore. And like, he needs to find something to fucking do after this. I wonder if he's going to turn heel. Oh God. Like I, Zach Maki, James, I see what you're doing. You hating. I'm hating. Please explain. Yeah. I don't know. Like he's going to lose. Like y'all think he's going to be champion. I don't think he's gonna win. I think yeah. his promo was excellent, though. Like, and it's, it's well delivered. And for it, me, does it? It doesn't emotionally resonate with me in that kind of way because it's like him. Like, I there is this thing about like I guess like millennials, where it's like this generation thing of like in this generation generation, like our I, I guess our kids will say the same thing about us as far as like we we don't like what it means to be a man and to grow and all that kind of thing, thing of being a man. And like, I think that kind of like thought process is like ultimately toxic. Cause like when people talk about the things that make a man, a man is mostly like things like involving like hating women. So like, I don't care. <laughs> like who gives a shit? Like I'm a grown adult. I, I have a penis. Like I identify as male. I guess that means I'm an adult man in the story. It doesn't matter like how I handle or, or portray other things like that. Like that be a man thing is like what gets people's blood going. For me, I've always thought that was fucking, it's always been fucking stupid. And that's what's led to a lot of like men's demises. It was behind the penitentiary. Like, so, so for me, like, that's why it doesn't resonate for me. So I, I just take it as different. Like I see, I, 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 like you say, like you ran, want to run through the wall for that thing. It's like, okay. But like, you know, it's totally different. Like when, when I talk about like, that toxic masculinity thing is like, yeah, that's the reason why, like, you have Con- Yay out here talking about, like, why the why the MAGA stuff always spoke to him. It's like, 
He's like, this is, this is what men do. It's like, see how hateful that shit is? Like, stay away from that hangman. You are, this is, you're a baby face. I don't want you to dig into this. You're getting mad at someone like, I, I, I guess challenges man help by calling him a kid. I guess, I, I don't know. Like, for me, I feel like it would be more effective if you'd been like, I feel like you it, call it's, me a it's, kid, it, well, the kid do this and slap the shit out of Moxie and then they had to pull apart. I feel like that would be more effective than this promo. I don't, mm. I, I don't even say it's a bad promo. I'm just saying, like, for me, it's like, I think if you it are that plays chal- more. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think it plays more onto his, I'm not a little homie. Like, and. But he is, a, though, and we all know that. I, maybe he's not. Like, and that, that's why that's why he's punching himself in the head. Like, and it's just disrespect. But, but then he punches himself in the head, and he gets he gets a teardrop of blood out. And then he tries to rub it on Moxie's face, or sorry, on his white shirt. And I was like. Oh, uh, didn't even get, and then he kept trying to like spread it more and more after he punched himself because he realized like, I ain't gonna pick yeah. myself no more. Like it, uh, it, 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 it's just like oh man, like, I feel like the promo. I see, I see what he's going for. Doesn't necessarily work for me. I know it's gonna work for others. And then like he can get the blood out, but he's trying to get the blood. Out, and I was like oh man, you should just give it to yourself, bro. Instead of trying to heart. And, and now not half your face gonna swell up and be this color. Like I, yeah. it, it uh, just it was it just felt like. I think it the felt promo like it was, like it was a little, I don't want to say all over the place, but like it definitely didn't help him when having MJF out there. Like it was more effective. Like even even the stuff he was trying to do, I think is good. I don't love it, but like don't go out there and put MJF in front of all the stuff Moxie does. It's going to like literally like I don't want to say he feels like interim champion, but like it feels like similar to when Kenny Omega at times was a champion, where it's like, all right, bro, we know we we fucking get it. You're like the belt's going to end up in this one guy's hands. Can we like? At least let us enjoy what the the champion's actually doing, as opposed to like feeling like everything doesn't matter until we get to the final point. And like with this Moxie thing, that's what it feels like is happening with with MJF, like being over the top of everything. It's like, bro, we get it. We know what the main event of Full Gear is going to be. Relax. Yeah, I, I and I think it's I think it's Hangman going for another like uh, it's like another step in his growth. It's like. I'm not going to let John Moxley stand face to face with me and be sunned by him. Um, so but this is, but this is a two way street, right? Like they should go <laughs> back and like discuss their actual tension aside from like, I'm being, you know, cause this happened with Moxley and not Moxley Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler in 2016, where it's like Ambrose, a champion. We know he's about to go through his, we know he's going to beat Dick Ziggler. And Ziggler, uh, you know, like, has that promo where, like, it, you know, cuts that great promo and then kicks, super kicks, knocks in the face. And then when they get to SummerSlam, they start to hop, like, start super hot and, like, just open the stretch and, like, there was nothing left. I'm not saying that that's going to be this case, but it's, like, when Moxley, like, gets in this, uh, I don't know, like, uh, big boss type of mode, it doesn't feel, like, it doesn't really feel like he's beatable. Um, and it, but it like, I don't think this, I don't, I don't know if anyone like, they might like the promo. I don't think anyone's going to actually buy that. Like he's going to get beat though. And like, he's a former world champion. He was champion, you know, at the beginning of the year. Like, I don't think he needs to cut this promo that no one believes in me type of thing. It was like, well, then what's the point of us going through all this last two years. If you got to cut this promo again or not again, but like you got to cut this kind of promo. Right. You feel like you're, you're being dismissed. I, I, it's just it. Well, he dismissed him. Like that's why. <laughs> like, he should dismissed my, him. Like you get here. 
my point is, if this was the direction, go back to, like, stop right there, come up with something else. I'm not saying, like, it's a bad promo because of story. I'm saying I don't like this story. Y'all should never did this story to begin with for him to cut this promo. So we got um, basically a ROH title match video from the Control Center. Uh, they were talking about Brian Danielson uh, in ROH and his quest to regain the, um, uh, the ROH title and all that stuff. And then we got Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson for the ROH world title. Um, this was better than their first match. Not as good as their most recent match, but still really good. Um, in this uh, match, Jericho ended up uh, retaining the championship crowd was on fire in this match. Uh, I, w- I was still riding off the, uh, the, the high of the promo. So I was like still talking to everyone uh, watching it, but um, I ended up getting into it as uh, even Rika Bonnie and Regal were on commentary. Um, they did you know, a lot of a lot of shit in this one, and <laughs> talking about a lot of submissions, a lot of uh, you know sending the crowd up and down. Uh, Jericho was getting cheered a lot. Uh, Danielson was like kind of leaning in, you know, playing subtle heel a yeah, little bit. Jericho and the Lion Tamer, or not Lion Tamer, but the uh, Walls Jericho. Yep. Um, and then the whole thing kind of built to this crescendo as uh, as Daniel Garcia came out uh, as Jericho was about to uh, hit uh, Brian with the ROH belt. And then Jericho kind of waited for uh, for a long time uh, for Garcia to hit the ring, rip the title away from Jericho. Uh, Jericho like got shoved into a knee from uh, Danielson uh, and then turned around and Daniel Garcia knocks him the fuck out with the ROH belt. Uh, Parker threw the ref in. Jericho got the cover. One, two, three, uh, and then Jericho handed the or Garcia handled the ROH belt to Jericho, and he cheered him on with the pure title. Um, then Yuta came out and with Regal and had a stare down with Daniel Garcia. I was very happy about all this because I've maintained that Daniel Garcia does not need to be a BCC backwasher, like he does not need to be a young lion in the Blackpool Combat Club. This crowd was pissed. But actually, they popped during the uh, the the turn, um, the reestablishing of a heel of Daniel Garcia. I I like this a lot. Um, like the like the uh, the fault. What the fallout's going to be based off of the decision? Um, I am now growing concerned that this is going to be every Jericho defense with the Ring of Honor belt is like to play on. The, it's called Ring of Honor. They do the handshake thing before, and then I'm just going to cheat by I'm going to cheat at the end and win every single match. Like, um, I, I can I can see that growing tiring really quick. Um, because obviously it's like this it's meant to be cheap, but it's like okay. I, but at the point it's like I'm gonna be like okay, I get it. I, you've already done it enough, so um, hopefully he'll mix up he'll mix it up a little bit. But um, yeah, really good match. Um, this is, I think, their second match, second best match of the year um, between Jericho and Danielson. I probably put like right in the middle between like the first match and the second match. Yeah, uh, Bills Mafia said he thinks he's going to beat guys like Castle Clean. Yeah, I think he'll beat Castle Clean as I well. I fucking hope so. Jesus Christ, he can't beat Dalton Castle Clean. Tapped out Bandito. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Thero Negro said the crowd really helped this match. Uh, Bills Mafia said Garcia's charisma has brought out more with jazz. Um, Dylan <laughs> says, "Are you not sports entertained?" <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> I think that um, I don't necessarily know that Garcia's gar- uh, charisma has been brought up more as much as it is like 
he's the straight man amongst all these goofballs. Therefore, that's what makes him. That's what that's the magic he, of it. And he's he's he's. I think he's. Um, he's a real serious guy around these fucking goofballs, and it's and hilarious. I, and I think like people don't give him the credit for like his actual skills and as a promo. Doing he actually is stuff. a good promo. Like if he like, I've said these about a bunch of times about like Kyle O'Reilly. Like if you want to go out there and be a actual like personality, I don't think it's your thing. But if you want him to do like the MMA thing of like go straight towards a guy, look, talk him eye to eye, and then sell you on the tension of a match of like we're going to beat each other's ass in here. He can do that, and like he did that on um, with with Yuta um, for the ROH thing um, a few months ago. So like, yeah, I I I like everything they're doing with Garcia right now. I, I really yeah. do. Um, I, and JSA in general, like it's 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 been a positive. Um, and I think the the you know the Jericho thing is has been or the oh, sorry the uh, Ring of Jericho thing has been a positive too. Um, yeah. I, I think he's on fire and he's really one of the saving graces behind like this ROH being like spotlighted heavily. Like I don't consider Jericho like I, I consider Jericho Jericho. So like it's like this is whatever he's doing, this is what like they've imported this feud into the ROH shit because this shit was going on like way before. Mm-hmm. So um they they did another show, um Rampage, Rampage actually did a solid number last week. Uh, I did really? not watch. Yeah, yeah, I did not was watch. Base- playoff baseball on or something like that. And they got spared. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but Friday night they, I think they were point seventeen four hundred fifty eight thousand. So uh, that was a pretty good number for that. Um, so next week um, they they do have the big dynamite. Um, so. Um, there was a great road to that drop today. Um, so they have John Moxley against Hangman Adam Page. Um, they're going to have Tony Storm defend the title against Carl Sheeta. Um, there's going to be a sit down with Danielson and Willer Yuta. Um, and then uh, what else we got? Um, ta- uh, Trios Championships, Death Triangle uh, taking on uh, OC and Pack. Or excuse me, uh, Death Triangle versus Best Friends with OC. And there's one more match I can't think of at the moment, but check with, with me in a second. And that led us to our main event, Orange Cassidy versus Ooh, Pac. Hold on, Playboy. Uh, there's a women's match you missed. Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida versus Britt and Jamie, yeah. For some reason. That happened oh, between yes, I things. scrolled too long, yes. We had Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida, yeah. <laughs> Taking on Jamie Hayter and see, Britt Baker. See, see. <laughs> you see, this is how this is how they act, like like AEW does. They actually put on a match. You just gonna dismiss the shit out of hand. <laughs> Sorry, I you know I, I must have been uh, out for chicken tenders at the time. Oh, so man, um, but we had uh, Tony Storm <laughs> and uh, Carl Shida. <laughs> <laughs> taking on Jamie Hader and, and Britt Baker. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, that one. <laughs> what? <laughs> Make one mistake. Make one mistake of omission. It yep. is on your head. <laughs> no, quick. Hold me to task. So, oh um, man. Yeah, this was a this was another good solid match. Uh, Tony Storm continues her streak of being, uh, you know, in the match on Dynamite. Uh, this was another solid uh, women's tag uh, that they've done lots of good ones of these of late. And um, there's, I think there's a conversation to be had uh, that's building. Can Britt and Jamie um, 
Can Bryn Jamie come over for the starting tag league? Can it, can I don't they, see why not. Can they replace Rowaka and Nesco? I don't see why not. Please. You know, can, 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 can Jamie and Britt get some wins? You know, can, can they spare on some points? Yeah, they can spare on some points. You know, Nesco's going to get some wins. You know, via so. using, you know, weapons. But, uh, yeah. Um, this got great reaction. Um, like, this is yeah. a very overmatch. Yeah. Um, it's good to see Sheeta. Sheeta, like, she went on a bit of a tear towards the end. And yeah, there's a lot of it's a lot of cool stuff. Like, um, it was I probably get three to three and a quarter on this match. Like, it was a fun match. Uh, Zach Mike says, uh, "What's the the deal with the partnership? We haven't heard anything since the Otami and Abaddon tweet. I don't think there's a partnership. I think they were just having some fun on Twitter. Um, but I would imagine Forbidden Door next year. There's, a, I feel like there's going to be some type of stardom in AEW Could women's be. match." Um. So Bills Mafia said, "Funny, funnily enough, Raw and SmackDown only had one women's match each, um, and for under 13 minutes, and Dynamite and Rampage had one each. Uh, I did see Tanya being vocal on the timeline tonight about the lack of women on Raw tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lethera Neighbor says Britt's been real solid solid lately. I believe I saw it was either Black Saber Junior or uh, so I think." It was like she turns into white girl Bobby Eaton and these yeah, tag I matches. Saw that. I was yeah, fucking I, screaming when I saw that on Twitter. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's something about like she's so much better in tags, so much better in tags than as a single. I, I can't explain it, but she just is. Yo, know, uh, Thero Negro says, um, and Jamie was always a very good tag wrestler in Stardom. Right, he's Jade versus Hameka, a match after my heart, right there. Mm-hmm. I, I would love that. That'd be interesting. Um, I never thought about it. that'd be interesting. Brit needs to stay in her lane and tags. Uh, Dylan says Ronda was low key right about WWE not doing multiple women's stories outside the titles. Shit's rough. Me and James have talked about that for years yeah. on this show, and it's it's just like, uh, and especially why like the value of the women's championship is actually more important in most promotions than you would think because. Whoever's the champion, they get the match uh, or the whatever. And then everybody else rotates to in there to face them. Right. But there's nothing really outside that. Like, there's just not time. Like that, like that. Um, or in, in WWE's case, there is time. Right. But like that um, PWI uh, 150, Women's 150 is coming out like soon, right? And it's like, okay. That thing's going to be interesting. You no, think about it, right? In the way you just said it, right? Bianca is about to go to 200 days as, as the Raw Women's champion, right? There's no chance of fuck she's not going to be number one. Right. And it's just like by default. Like because it, she's, and, right. Because and she like was she's a awesome. Champion on, take she's nothing champion away from her. Time. Yeah. It, it's just you've been she's great. For a long that's time, not, so you she's get great. The match. But you know, but that's, you know, what it is when it comes to like, it's a WWE is she's in WWE. Like it is what it is. Um, so like, but as far as like who's going to be in the, like number two after that, like fuck, I don't know. Uh, I I, I think they got to go to, go with Shuri. Was it Tommy number two last year? Yes, I believe. Or no, I think Britt was number two. I think. Okay, or Britt so. was like four or five. Uh, if you guys can uh, in the comments, can you pull up the PWI Women's One Fifty uh, at least like the top ten? If you guys can like copy and paste in, in the um uh. On the, 
the comment section just so we can take a look at it. Um, I, Dylan says WWE got off the Women's Revolution shit quickly after WrestleMania 35. They said Jaws finished for real. Um, I would disagree as far as um, NXT because NXT's 2019 was like the best year WWE's ever had for women's wrestling in any any division. But um, outside of that. I wouldn't necessarily disagree. Um, you know, I think that, you know, you had Sasha left and she came back and she had a few with, um, with, with Becky. Uh, that was great. Um, but you know, it was, it was a, it was a weird time. Um, I, I think that, you know, they've had some stuff of interest, uh, stuff that I thought was long in the tooth as far as when they pulled the trigger on it, like the, like the Bailey and Sasha thing that happened like during the pandemic and everything. And then the hilt, you know, Bailey turned on Sasha, but, yeah, I mean, for the most part, that's mostly right. That's mostly right. But then again, like on the main roster, they were never really all that great with when it came to you know booking multiple women's storylines ever. It was just so. Like, yeah, good. Um, um, so we, last year's uh, top ten was one Bianca, two Tommy, three Deanna Perrazzo, four Britt Baker, <laughs> five Thunder Rosa, six Sasha Banks, and Sasha was in severely limited duty last year (laughs) and even more limited this year shuri number seven eight eo shirai number nine tam uh 10 raquel Raquel. (laughs) jesus christ okay so all right so we're to look at like last year's like like you're probably gonna get mandy rose in the top 10 for having an nxt belt forever um um jordan grace jordan grace probably gonna, gonna touch the top 10 yep um you probably could see an outsider pick like a match of Slamovich, maybe. Ron um, is going to be top 10. I she don't know. She won the Rumble. She won the Rumble. She won at WrestleMania. And then no, she, she lost won. WrestleMania, but she ended up winning the belt. Oh, still. yeah. She lost at WrestleMania. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Ron is definitely finished. Yes. Top 10. She'll, she'll, she'll be top 10. Yes. Um, Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Look out for for something may, that may happen. Yeah, I think Shiri, I think Shiri's going to finish second. Um, yeah. I mean, if this if this was you know any type of real evaluation of like quality, you know, all the things you talk about match quality, the kayfabe stuff, whatever else. Like obviously Shiri and and Sayakamatani should finish one two in the fucking thing, but whatever. Like it is what it is. I feel like Saya Kamatani got to get a look in the top ten. Oh, she's definitely finishing top ten. Um, so um, Orange Cassidy versus Pac was our main event. Crowd's red hot for this, anticipating a title change. Ended up getting it here. Um, Orange Cassidy defeats Pac to finally get his win over Pac. I'm kind of chasing that since 2020. Uh, wins the All Atlantic title, second ever champion there. Um, and I thought this match was. Way better than the last match that they oh, had. Easily, um, it's like they weren't like, even trying in that match yeah, before. I don't, I don't know what happened, but um, I, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a real match this time," and this was fucking excellent. Crowd was molten on this uh, orange celebration, uh, as far as like uh, the goddamn uh, orange confetti. Yeah, orange confetti. Uh, there was a part in the match where it kind of reminded me of Sami Zayn against uh, Adrian Neville. Uh, that <laughs> NXT R Evolution, like where he Orange Cassidy is considering whether he's he's going to cheat, and no one wants him to cheat. Mm-hmm. And um, Pac's doing his ring bell gimmick and, and getting cut off by the refs, and he pulls out another he, one. He, yes, as I was say, like he he has he has a ring bell. He puts the ref 
Bryce puts back the ring belt that was with that, and then he goes under the ring, grabs another ring belt. I was like, oh, this man is, this man is, this is, this is an 80s heel right here. Bro, I was, I was dying when I saw that other one. Um, but yeah, um, Orange Cast, a lot of people were devastated that he won this match. I was like, what did you think was happening? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what an Orange Cassidy, like, world tour looks like. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Great. Like it's goofy. It, like it's so goofy. It's like I wasn't even entertaining this. I thought he's gonna. I thought Pac was going to like actually do it because like Pac actually has you know wrestling roots established in Japan, um, and also the UK because he's actually from out there. Like it's orange is like okay, there's a, <clears> there's gonna bring people in, random people in to have matches with, and they'll be fun or whatever. Also, but like you know, I really wanted to see an Osprey, um, an Osprey Pack match, but whatever. There's they. They already exist, I guess. Whatever. I don't know. So, I don't know if this is a case where this is like maybe some type of backup plan. Um, maybe they're trying to set up uh, Osprey and uh, an OC2 uh, situation be. here with this. Uh, Bill's Mafia is saying uh, OC basically hinted on Twitch that he's taking the title to the UK the other day. Uh, I think you got to try Best to. Sloth has a passport. <laughs> you got into Canada, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> Oh, wait, I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. But yeah, 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 that's, that, that is true. Um, um, he, was yeah, on those, I, he was on those cruise ships, wasn't he? Like, you know. Yes. The, all right. Okay. So I think, uh, I think you gotta, you gotta line up some cool shit for him. Yeah. You gotta send him to DDT. Um, oh God. Yeah. Or, or okay. like, no. you know, he, he can lose his shit to Takeshita or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to talk about who's losing bells after he immediately win them and shit, but um, look, do not talk about DDT Pro on here after that shit I saw today. Where someone's <laughs> getting someone's getting their face seesawed into a dude, a dude's ass that's in a thong, like literal ass to mouth wrestling. Like y'all can't, y'all can't do better. I maintain do better. I, and I, and I texted you, um, kind of what I thought about. It. I saw that said i said it I, to you because yeah. i was discussing i was like am i only like someone else had to see it besides me is like am i not is this who f- uh this gross less destructive to wrestling than austin mcmahon shaking hands <laughs> that's gonna be my new shit <laughs> whatever we see is fucking ridiculous i'm like this is less destructive than austin mcmahon shaking hands <laughs> Oh, you know so, damn well I don't fuck with pheromones. You knew that. You knew that. You knew that. You knew that. <laughs> uh, we need we need uh, Zach to come on and um, give us the oral history of like why these gentlemen were were doing this uh, in in that match. So, um, need the long form lore of this. Oh, God. So, new champ. Orange Cast. Just be like, oh, this is this is the goop shit they're doing. Like that's what they own. That's all. Oh, okay. Thanks for coming on, Zach. <laughs> and then it wouldn't be Zach's fault. They'd be like, this, this is goofy assholes. But overall, I think oh, this was a really, God. really solid show, top to bottom. Like, I would have probably went four stars in a main event as well, or maybe four and a quarter. Um, and they continue to roll, like, the, the issues I have with the show, like, you know, in the, like, everything. Like, it doesn't actually, like, when I watch the show, I like the show. Um, and then everything I start thinking about aside from that, like, was like, all right, this is, these are like personal preferences 
that I'm looking at like, yo, like where, where the, the, where's the catering to me happening right here. But mm-hmm. um, still liking the shows um, a lot and um, interested to see like what the pay-per-view build is out of this week of like all, we have all title matches um, tomorrow. So a deck shuffling is is due and i feel like some of that roa stuff has, has gotten in the way but I'm, I'm hoping to see like some of the other guys get work back in here like you know your warlows and uh like your ricky starks and uh you know i'm, I'm interested to see like where swerve and keith lee land back uh mm-hmm. with you know the the tag belts um going on and everything like that and of course the fucking elite like went like the elite were hanging over this whole entire show um, people were wondering if like Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega was, was going to yeah. show up in Canada and he did not. And this is a, another, like, uh, I would say milestone moment that he's missed, like miss forbidden door miss, um, you know, this, uh, first in Canada thing, the Arthur Ashe stadium. So it was just like, this shit's adding up and everyone's getting more anxious. Dave did a lot of audio, um, basically expressing his frustration, um, with the, lack of transparency that's coming out of AEW regarding this whole uh situation and it's a good listen uh i would i would probably recommend you guys check it out if you are observer subscribers so you mentioned all these like milestone things you mentioned forbidden door you first you know AEW thing in canada and kenny omega's missed it like why is kenny omega treating AEW like a kitty like his kid he doesn't live with like what is going on why is this man absentee father to his promotion <laughs> um yeah he was so he can't come around there right now so <clears throat> i imagine he's living his life uh, also happy birthday kenny omega by the way turned 39 today so you know as as the years just 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 goes by you know and, and you know the prime just like we really lost a year this dude i know we got and like I, 19 days I'm out pissed. of him we got 19 days out of him like I, I, you know, like like Scarface. I pissed, you know, like <laughs> so. Figure this shit out. It's been six weeks. Like I, we can't I, say a word uh, yeah, uh, I'm uh, about anything. A murder was not committed committed here. <laughs> why are we? Why are we still doing this? Why can't we find out anything about this? Kenny, went why to can't Kenny station. Omega Ken, at least come Kenny back? went to get a pack of cigs. <laughs> what the fuck, like, <laughs> like bro, like. Give me my fucking favorite wrestler back. Fuck, man. <laughs> Kenny, Omega, Kenny Omega, you know, using my Stephen A. Smith voice, he don't want to show up to work. He don't <laughs> show up to work. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Uh, but, yeah. I, I don't really have much else. Yeah, neither do I. Um, Yeah, uh, I, I have not watched Stardom from uh, last week. Not this past weekend, but from the uh, the weekend of the eighth, haven't caught up on that yet. So, um, but tag league is coming soon, very soon. And I'll I'll do a oh, I got one more thing. Carl Anderson, boy, boy. So, um, their match for Crown Jewel was announced. It is the OC, your good brothers versus. Judgment Day, right? And that's going to be in Saudi Arabia. James, that match, I want you to guess what day it's on. 
Don't say uh, January 4th. No. It is on the same exact day he is set to defend the championship against Hikaleo. Ah, oh, shit. Well, it's the Wrong date, same conflict. New Japan Pro Wrestling was fucked. There is no, like, consideration here. I don't think we have to worry about, um, like, this is total disrespect to them. WWE doesn't give a fuck about whatever the fuck was planned, finishing your dates out, none of that shit. Um, and, and, and Carl Carl Anderson was like, go to Saudi Arabia and get this big Saudi Arabia check or go to New Japan Pro Wrestling and lose. This man is trying to do the Brian Danielson-like sprint on Finesse of the Year, uh, him, him and Gallows right now. Um, this is This is like truly, truly unprecedented levels of trying to win this award. Demon time, yes, uh, Dylan says. Like, how old is he now? Carl Anderson? Yeah. Let's take a look. Mid-40s? He, he is 42. Okay, early 40s. So, whatever 42, deal. 42, yes. Okay, so he's been signed to WWE before. He's been cut, uh, like, as soon as he signed, you know, before the ink to his fucking contract even uh, dried before. Um, this is probably oh, and he not will his... be appearing on NXT tomorrow, I I believe. Okay, uh, this will not be his last, barring you know, barring health. Obviously, like, this will not be his last pro wrestling contract, and I don't think you want to burn that bridge. I think it's ill advised for him, um, to do this to New Japan. But you know, um, if you know if this bill eventually comes due and he's you know looking for a place to go. And um, you know, it's not it's not even called all elite wrestling anymore. It's called Look, something else. And they've and done Dwight, right by this hired. dude. They, they've done right by this right. dude. Right, that's Japan what I'm getting did. at. And, 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 and New Japan has not done right for a, for a lot of other people, like <laughs> the elite. Like they, they wanted to lead a promotion. They got no type of farewell, nothing. This guy, they'll like put belts on him. They'll still like put his dates out. So, Why I don't know. So like. Be like, be prepared for the possibility where like he'll be looking around trying to come back, and they gonna tell him, "No, go fuck yourself. You cannot work here. Try it somewhere else." Um, yeah, this is uh, you know, people thought there was a new WWE. There is not. There's there, there's no new WWE under. You know, uh, <laughs> that stinks. Like. <laughs> Like that's that sucks for New Japan. I would immediately strip him of the title tomorrow morning. Yep. Uh, yep. I would hold the press conference saying, "Yeah, the fuck it, fuck it, we're canceling it." Uh, Hikuleo will face uh, another person for the championship. Ishii, why not? Yeah, Whatever. you know, yeah. So, uh, Zek Mike said, "What are you guys' thoughts on Unagi Sayaka doing some freelancing?" Um, yeah, we should probably talk about that. Um, Is there any more information than what like was initially initially found out like after right after the Grand Prix? I heard something about her being on IG Live and she was like crying, thinking fans weren't going to support her anymore because she's not going to be a stardom as much or if at all. Uh, so I heard that. I kind of feel bad, you know. I'm a fan of the Naxter, uh, as uh, Redleaf would say, but um, apparently she showed up in Diana recently and they. Mm-hmm. 
I think they did around like 740, 750 ish. Diana so, did 740. I think so. Um, I had to I, that, look I don't that up. Think, ain't no. That that sounds like a very very high number. Like I know some of these Joji promotions, like they'll just cap about uh, their attendance. So that I think that's some of that. But um, yeah, I. Yeah, um, Diana had 754 people in attendance today for a bunch of leg- legends beating on Unagi Sayaka. Someone said. <laughs> okay, like I'll put it to you this way, Rich. Um, I think it was I think it was JD from I think it was JD said this from from Red Leaf. He was like, you look at the attendances and of like Joshi, and you look at Stardust attendance from just the Grand Prix, just just, just from the Grand Prix. Then you compare it to like a 500. The tennis is just 500 people, and you compare it to like the rest of Joshi all up up until like October of this year, and it's like the Grand Prix has had as many 500 uh, seaters as the rest of Joshi. So like when you tell me that Diana, yeah, one even, of the uh, smallest at 700, like that's shocking to me. That's that's good for them. Uh, Red Leaf, is, uh, this is uh, JD was the second person with that 754 number. So uh, Nagasaka, huge draw. Out here, so um, I'm to tell him. Nakioko you know, Noi. You know, nah. You know, you know. This is, this is about the Nagster in 2022. You know, coming to assess. You know. Yeah. Um. Now, as far <coughs> as um, as far as what she um doing freelancing, like she'll always have, she'll always be able to find work. Um. You know. You know, will she end up in nomads? Where will she go? Like, can she be like someone's champion in one of these promotions? Uh, I don't know. I think she can find some roots as like a tag tag champion somewhere, uh, maybe a secondary champion. Uh, but like, I don't think she'll ever be like a. I don't think she'll be a main eventer uh, for, you know, let's say Ice Ribbon or, um, mm-hmm. or I don't think she's gonna be Bean Takumi for <laughs> for the Triple A W belt. I just don't think that's gonna happen. But. Or like, uh, or like she's gonna face I don't know whoever is the winner of like the the vacant uh, beyond the sea belt. I just don't think that's gonna happen. But like she'll she'll be somebody that would be on a bunch of shows. Like she'll she she will not you know struggle for work. Um, I'm still trying to figure out like I, I kind of would like to know like why she let, decided to leave Stardom. Um, but you know if we know if we'll never know we'll never know. It is what it is. But. Um, I'm not necessarily sweating that she's gone. Like I do, I did like her role as the assessor thing and her like being the middle child for between like uh, in, in Cosmic Angels. But um, writing was on the wall. Feels like that that number two spot was you know taken by someone else. But that's the thing though. Like she she wasn't the number two in the faction to begin with. It was Mina. They pushed her. They did the thing where it's like we're st- we know Mina's not better a better wrestler than her and she's more popular than her but we're going to push her because she needs to push more than the other one does and then like over time it'll even out and hopefully we'll have them both established like like when they did the Seth Rollins heel turn instead of Moxie turn Dean Ambrose being the heel it's like got to give him some cuz it might not work out uh you know if we do it the other way um so maybe she just kind of reached her ceiling and you know oh yeah she she definitely reached her ceiling like they, they, and maybe she got bored and th- th- wanted more for her, and she wants to bet on herself. Good for her. Um, but I don't. I, we'll see how those like. We'll see how that you know. We'll, we'll see how she does, and then like we can make a guessment about what she was, you know, 
about like what she was like bringing in from stardom and then like what she can bring in on the outside and you know um we'll see we'll see like you know i don't hopefully she didn't burn a bridge where she can't come back because you know you know stardom brings tons of people back all the goddamn time so i, I don't <laughs> think it's you know i don't think the wrestlers uh wouldn't want her back i think they all like her how's your calling uh needs to come back to the cyber fight team i mean we talked about that before uh, a couple weeks ago like, like she who walk in there and she and come like in third from the top um, um i don't know about all of that i think that she would be probably put in that that like that group of like me watanabe and um like akari noah like I don't, I think that it, I think they have a solid top six. That like you get something has to be special to for them to encroach upon that. Like to be get to that like Yuka, Rikatat, Sumi, like Mizuki, Maki Ito, Miyu Yamashita level. Like I feel like that is those are the main eventers in their eyes, and you know like everybody else is bumping her head on the ceiling to to get to for like Miyu Watanabe to break through to that to for uh, Noah to break through to that. Like they, it, I mean they love Noah to death, and they send her out there to get her ass kicked. Uh, you know, to people. So, um, I think Unagi. I think Unagi could be like in that in that tier. I think she could. I don't know. I don't necessarily think she's as good a worker as those two, but I think as far as like how she's progressed and how she carries herself, I think that she can she can be placed in that and be over to that level. So it doesn't really matter if they want. If they you know if they strike up that kind of deal or not. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Like maybe they she burned a bridge by leaving TJP to go there. Man, all right, man. Um, I guess we can wrap it up from here. All right. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, be sure to uh, go and find our solo feed uh, in the podcast. The link will be in the description to our solo feed. It helps us out with some of the SEL stuff and some of the. Um, uh, donation stuff, whatever else, and, and just basically having an established solo feed up uh, helps us out more. So uh, please check into it. Um, and um, also go to the PayPal, go to the um, Cash App. Donations. Uh, also, show uh, link uh, is uh, in description for um, the way to donate to us or go to our, pay- our Red Circle. Um, and be sure to listen to other shows on the network. Besides Munchie Radio, we have Keeping It Strong Style, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grown Men Watches Shit, uh, uh, The Grave Consequences Podcast, Apex Suplex, All Things Elite, In the Ring, Great Match Generator, The Press Slam, and AW Match Guy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.